0: Oh shit.
1: recorded live.
2: What's going on? Guard Your Grill Boxing is back on. And we got my man, I see my man Roberto Flack is in this building. And my my what, 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 what up, what thing. up? What What's
1: up, Roberto? Yeah. How you
2: doing, brother? How you feeling,
1: What's man? Doing, man? Yeah. Doing good, man. You know, a whole, whole bunch of crows <laughs> yesterday.
2: <laughs> man, man, listen. So we, we, we're going to keep this thing fair and balanced today. So this is Guard Your Grill Boxing. Today is May 4th, uh, Monday, coming off one of the most epic weekends we've ever had in the history of boxing, uh, the previous fight of the century not, notwithstanding, so we're going to get right into it. This is Guard Grove Boxing. You're on TalkShoeRadio.com. This is, we're hoping this will be the premier show for the fans in terms of boxing. We speak from the cheap seats for the cheap seat, so... Um, if you're not following us on all of our social media accounts, please do so. That's Guardia Grill Boxing on Twitter, Guardia Grill Boxing also on Instagram, and like us on Facebook. And also check out some of our previous uh, videos and upcoming videos on our Guardia Grill Boxing YouTube channel as well. So uh, we always constantly update these pages, and, and we, we share a lot of information, we share a lot of great content on there. We share a lot of vignettes about the sports of, sport of boxing, which is something that from a fan perspective you don't see a lot. So make sure you're following all of our accounts, and make sure you, you drop a comment and you check in with us. You know, we, We're fans as well, and we like to engage everyone, and we like to hear what everybody else is, is feeling about this great sport of ours. So without further ado, I would like to do a, do a roll call. So right now I, I want to know who's going the call. Uh, introduce yourselves uh, and, and let everybody else out there hear, hear who you are. Who do we have on the call from GYGB? Roberto Flack.
3: Coltrane, the real Coltrane. He's back. He's
2: Sagittarius. <laughs> he, he's Sagittarius. Like basketball, likes Tostino's, uh, pizza rolls. What else do you like, man? <sighs> um, <laughs> box boxers. I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs>
1: So, Boxers.
2: <laughs> we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait for some of our other brothers who not we're not on a call yet. To start rolling right. in a little bit. But man, what 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 a great weekend for sports this was, huh? What do you guys think about? It? Like it, it seems like this comes comes around once a year, and and everybody always looks forward to that the Cinco de Mayo weekend when you sandwich the Kentucky Derby with whatever fight is occur, whatever pay per view fight is happening in uh, along with the NBA playoffs, and then you had like Yankees, Red Sox. I mean, this is great for for
1: sports fans. What do you think? I mean, and even before that, the NFL draft, like that Thursday yeah. prior.
2: I, so, yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. And, and, yeah, that so was, was kind of like a some, precursor. And it was some great deals that were made throughout the weekend too. Was a lot of a lot of sh- uh, shuffling and moving. We know here uh, in our hometown. Uh, the, Wizard, the Wizard of Oz, Chip Kelly was willing and dealing all the way through the six rounds. So. Hashtag do the deal, do the deal. Which, which did not,
3: that, which that did was not get
2: done, man. Did not get done, man. I had a hashtag going called "What would Chip? What would Chip do?" And well, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> but I mean, you know what? Give him props, he didn't train. He didn't. He didn't sell the, the farm. You know, he no, kept the assets. So. Damn, if you do culture, so. Uh,
3: but um, just real quick to your point, Doc, about this week, um, it, it was it was epic. Um, the build up, um, everything involved the NBA playoffs, the derby, like you said, the draft, and one of the people we got to give thanks to, um, uh, allowing this to be such a big boxing weekend is Oscar De La Jolla. Um, people forget this was his original date, this Cinco de Mayo date, and Floyd just kind of took the baton and carried it on. So looks like a legacy was started. We didn't even know when De La Hoya was fighting on that date that that was going to be a big date for boxing. And I think it will continue to be one, you know, whoever that next star may be, Canelo Alvarez or whoever, you know. So I think it's it's always going to be a great weekend. Biggest Absolutely. last weekend, who knows. <laughs> you know, you know the interesting, interesting thing
2: about this is that when you're talking about Oscar De La Hoya, and, and whether you're talking about the uh, the Golden Boy from when he was with Top Rank, or the Golden Boy who went uh went solo with with Richard Schaefer and, and was independent, they they to me invented the whole trend of marketing boxing for new media, and, and a lot of people don't understand that. Like boxing was a pretty pretty well insulated sport when it came to the marketing and the brand and aesthetic of it. It really didn't, outside of the hardcore purists. You know that will buy a ticket to see a a fight in a stuffy gym. There was no such thing as marketing outside of the the boundaries of the sports. And, and when you started seeing Oscar uh, being the uh, you know it, I guess it did help that he was an Olympic gold medalist and he was a very uh, uh, I guess uh, photogenic cat. You know the media took to it and you started seeing a lot of different partnerships and things of of, of the sorts that you never saw in the sport uh, in the sport prior to that. So he definitely gets a lot of credit with that. So I think uh, our brother R.O.D., R- are you on the call right now or is that sleep? Yeah, all that was sleep. That was sleep, okay. We were in R D Corey. And sleep. Sleepy mattress. <laughs> my man, <laughs> yo, Young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guards the grill, we have we have one of our one of our brethren on the on the call. That's Corey who hasn't been here in a, in a minute. So Corey, Corey is definitely a, a, a one of the soldiers for the brand. So much the real outlaw so ally, ally. There you go. <laughs> so uh, as, as we uh, as we build, we have a great show. I mean, it's a lot to cover. So so that we can move things along. Uh, I, I want I want us to talk about this card that uh, that we just we had this past Saturday. I mean, it culminated in the main event. Main event that everybody was. Had their eyes set on, and, and you know the world stops. What was what was the tagline, or uh, what was the tagline for the promotion? Finally. The world awaits, so the world stops or something anyway. Before we go into that main event, there was some interesting fights. Fight, fight. of the century. Fight of the century. There you go. You know all the hashtags. Before we get into that fight, I want us to talk about a couple of the fights that took place in that undercard. You know the first the first fight. Uh, the first televised fight was Vasyl Lomachenko with, versus Gamaliel Rodriguez, and that was a, a 12-round featherweight title fight for the WBO strap. Uh, Vasyl Lomachenko was three three and one coming into that fight. Uh, Gamaliel Rodriguez was uh, 25 one and three, and it, he got a TKO in the ninth round. So we're we're pretty big on Lomachenko around these parts. So. I want to, I want you guys to really get into some of the particulars of the fight. So without further ado, without further ado, I want you um – Y'all hear that right there? <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, <laughs> what's that? What was that? <laughs> that was the ring. Oh, that,
2: that's the, that's the, the, bell. the bell. Oh, 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 oh. That, that's, that's, that's the bell saying – Two seconds to get out of the ring. I want all fighters in the middle of the ring. So I want you guys to talk to me a little bit about uh, Lomachenko. I want to know how you guys thought about how he looked, if you if saw any improvements, uh, if, it, if this was basically just a, uh, a middle of the, uh, just a regular fight, a tune-up fight, and, and what's next for him. So we want to
3: tackle this first. Train, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Um Lomonchenko, Lomachenko um, is a guy who's probably like the people that was watching probably saw how many fights he had and probably was like, um, you know, puzzled. But this isn't that foreign, you know. Um, you look back in the day, you look at a guy like Spinks who had seven fights, as Floyd uh, reminded us. Um, but one thing people forget is amateur uh, background. Um, and this guy had over, uh, I think, 300 amateur fights. And you see the seasoning and the poise behind this guy. He fights like a, a, a 10-year vet. And he just knows how to cut the ring off and crowd crowd fighters and he just put beautiful punches together. Um, he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. Uh my my dream scenario is have him meet a ring and later on down the line, but um you know, uh the guy he fought on Saturday, you know, was just a kind of a, 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 a stay busy type of fight. But he's going to be a problem, man. He cuts, like I said, he cuts the ring off well, and he's very seasoned, you know. Uh, if you haven't seen him, if you just got uh, uh, introduced to him, uh, check out his fight against uh, up-and-coming Gary Russell Jr., who was dubbed to be, you know, a big-time prospect, and watch what he did against him, and, you know, you'll see what I'm talking about.
2: Corey, you haven't been here in a minute, and I know, I know you're pretty big on Vasyl Lomachenko. Did you see the fight this weekend?
4: I, um... <laughs> I caught it in spurts cuz unfortunately I was one of the Comcast victims in this uh, uh yes, yes. in this equation um but I did catch it you, you know between freezing frames and and uh pixelated screens and things but uh from what I saw um Lomachenko is everything that we believe him to be um I think he got excellent footwork he knows how to cut cut off the ring. Um, one thing that I saw that was a little bit different, we were talking about did he improve? He showed that he got a really good inside game. And.
5: Sorry, Corey. I he dropped out
2: for a second. You're like you know, Tom Cat. Corey again. Tom <laughs>
5: Cat. <laughs> Corey again. You're there, you're there, Corey.
4: Yo, I'm, I'm here. here. I'm here right now. Yeah. yeah, I heard. But, yeah, I think he showed us that he has a little bit better of an inside fight game than, than we thought of. I think he's just an all-around solid fighter. I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock into what we saw because, I mean, he, he was fighting the Kibasa dude at the, at the stand, you know, when you go on your break at work, you know, he's you know, with the cheese whiz and all that, he was fighting that guy. So I really can't, you know, take a whole lot from it, but I'm, I'm looking forward to
1: seeing more from him. Uh, Roberta, what's, what's, your, what's your take on it, man? Yeah, I mean, I've all from, from the moment I caught wind of the dude, like, I, I was a fan. And the, the thing about a, a lot of the amateurs that come into the pros, you know, the whole thing is seeing how they progress into like the pros style. And, you know, we're starting to see it. And, you know, it, and like, kind of like what Corey said, it's not, not that it's tough to gauge, but. You know, we have to take into account, you know, the level of competition. But at the same time, too, being what he was given, we did see a lot, you know. And um, he just puts a lot of things together, man, and he's busy. And, you know, considering, obviously, the amateur career he had and and just the overall intelligence, it's it's only now seeing him against, like, a Nicholas Walters or, you know, which I think is probably – the best fight you can make maybe at featherweight right now and, and the Riggandau fight i mean i'd like to see that too it's just a deal where um rigonda is going to come up you know cuz he's kind of he said something like they'd have to meet the the fight day weight at like a certain weight or something something along those lines but um from what i i mean from what i saw this saturday man he he just he puts everything together man and you know i'm looking forward to seeing him
2: Sleeve, what's up? Uh, for those that don't know, our brother Sleeve from Guard Your Grill Boxing was the gracious host this weekend. He allowed us to come into his man cave and his 90 inch screen. Was it 90 inches, man? Was it 90 inch screen? Uh, yeah, that's that's not so – He's had bigger screens, but yeah. Well, he allowed us to come in there, and we all kicked back and we watched the fight. Uh, it it it, it was dubbed a non-casual event. But uh we had Shout out to R O D. Shout <laughs> out to We had, we had a great time. We we did some uh, some live recap uh in between rounds during the uh on Instagram during the fight, so you can check out some of the interesting feedback from the fellas on the on our account. Sleep, uh, did you happen to catch some of the some of the while well, you were hosting us, did you happen to catch some of the Lomachenko <laughs> fights? Well, around that time, you guys was preferring to put a lot of garbage on the plane pizza. So, I mean, I, I have, a, you know, the, the still sitting in my fridge, there's the vegetarian and the, the chicken, sweet peppers, and all that type stuff. So, uh, you know, honestly, you know, we were all watching a classic game, but I had opportunity to actually watch that fight, um, I believe it was later on that night or the or the next day. So, you know, I had an opportunity to see it. Um, I was very impressed. You know, like the fella said earlier, you know, with all the matchups outside the main event, you know, um, they would just put these guys in with, with pretty lower tier competition for them to showcase his skills. And what was most in- impressive about him is just, uh, just the way he puts punches together and explosiveness. You know, as um, Train uses the word all the time, he has that burst, that inside burst where. He's explosive, like you know that Mike Tyson type of burst in close quarters. That Canelo close quarters type of burst. So
4: um, very impressed with fundamentals, uh, work rate inside. You know he looked good. It, you know it remains to be seen. Um, you know when he's dealing with somebody with a little slickness and 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 um, you know counter punch with some authority.
2: Cause you, you know you tend to. You know um, if if you throw a lot of punches in the interior. And if, if if you know you're not someone who knows the
0: tricks of the trade in there, it, that you could be successful, you know, to the actually getting countered, you know, in, in, in that environment, and I, I was very impressed. I was very impressed with what I saw. So I look forward to seeing him, you know, in the future.
2: Cool. Um, Rod is not on the call, and I know he has some interesting thoughts about the, the possible matchup between him and Rigandow. But we're going to skip right over to the the fight right before the main event, which was Leo Santa Cruz uh, versus Jose Cadellano. Leo is still undefeated. Uh, young guy, uh, he fought a ten rounder. I think it was more so like a tune up in between fights just to keep him fresh. And it was such a lopsided victory that you know it was 100 to 90 on all all scorecards. It was a virtual virtual shutout. So at this point, it was, it was just something that just just to keep him busy, just to keep him uh, just to showcase him on the on a on a, a high profile card, or what do you guys feel about this fight? Was it necessary? And who who, who are some of the people <laughs> out there he should be fighting right now?
4: Who wants to I know start? Start?
3: part of my LOL moment, Docs, uh when it comes to <laughs> Santa Cruz?
2: <laughs>
3: the guy he fought was actually
2: uh he's pretty impressive for someone who's a construction worker. What else does he do part time? <laughs> no, insurance. Like, in like, in like, yeah, he's like an insurance salesman. Yeah, I, I mean, I was a punchline, punchline, bark, bark. No, that's the bar. That's what he really was. Like, I mean, he was very impressive. Like, he, I mean, he ate a lot of punches. He delivered a lot of punches. You know, and, um, I mean, he ate a whole. He ate everything from him. You know what I mean? But he was able to land a lot
0: on Cruz. And, um,
2: I mean, just, he had some, he, had very, he was pretty solid. I'm talking about the other guy. You know, of course,
0: Santa Cruz was just teeing off on him,
2: you know, the whole fight. But uh, I was kind of impressed with a guy who these guys get these two-week notices, you know what I mean? They try to basically throw him into the wolves. And he was game, you know, late in the fight. I felt as though he, you know, he was taking a little too much punishment. But, you know. It was pretty impressive, but like I said, the competition was pretty low.
1: Train. I like the sound of this, by the way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, but nobody answered the bell, though. Everybody's scared to answer that bell. Anybody else had any thoughts on uh, on Leo?
4: It goes to show you what exactly (laughs) we thought about that fight. No one really can follow up with what Sleep said. Um, the the maraca shaker because you know I call him a Morocco shaker because he like to shake that right hand. <laughs> he twists it around like he's shaking his Moroccas. Um, <laughs> well, at this what point, man? If, if his next fight, if he's not fighting someone of note, um, such as uh, Abner Mares, um, then we need to stop talking about this guy because at this point, man, I mean. It's almost getting to be an embarrassment. He's, you know, how many Mayweather undercards are in cupcakes? I mean,
2: is it something where you feel like he's being protected, he's being carefully brought along, and not trying to bring him along too fast? What, what exactly is the, the the business model with uh, Leo Santa <coughs> Cruz? Because, you know, at this time, I, you know, he should be contending.
1: I forgot what, what article wrote it. Like, I read it today, and they were saying that, like, he's, like, playing as a high-profile fighter, but still fighting on training wheels. Like, something along those lines. And it's like, if you think about it, it, he, you know, the the fight that they were trying to make was him and Rigondeau. I mean, that's a whole other story. But, you know, the fight was him and Rigondeau. And, you know, I I don't know what everybody else's opinion is, but, you know, I, I think that would have been an incredibly difficult fight for Santa Cruz. But, you know, Abner Mars is, I guess, for namesake... Is a good fight, and then and then again, I mean, that might be a a, a competitive fight for Santa Cruz. But I mean, I don't know, man. The jury's still out on him as far as you know what he can do against the upper echelon. Because then you're talking about like the Lemonchenkos of the world or the Nicholas Falters of the world. If he's gonna, if he's gonna step at 126 because he moved up, right? I mean, or is that like an official? Like he's staying at 126?
2: We're not sure yet. I know. I know he was, fought, uh, he was Super the super bantamweight prior to that, right? So
1: where is he at now? Right. Once yeah. Because there's Quig and and you know that whole situation, but I don't know, man. I mean, I, it's it, yeah, it's like uh, if he doesn't fight anybody of note in his next fight, I mean, I, I really don't know like what we can really do as far as him just like getting any more credit. I mean, because I don't know how many of these guys he could keep fighting. Who's it, who's was, it, I who's I mean, you' got was, Gary
4: Russell at the weight class I mean I think true. that would be a that's great true. matchup, given yeah. the fact that Gary Russell is a boxer and he's a come straight forward, you know yeah guy, I think that would be an entertaining fight, and um given the fact that we saw you know what happened to Gary Russell, Gary Russell t- tends to do good against guys that want to put a lot of pressure on him, <laughs> so you look at I mean right? that fight is out there, and they both without hangers. So.
2: Well, I'm gonna yeah. tell y'all something. Um, Santa Cruz has zero defense, and he's devoid of right. power. So he fights a Margarito, st- Margarito style, but he doesn't have devastating punching power. And I don't know if his chin is gonna be able to withstand, you know, someone with with real punching power. Like right. he, he just comes right in and tries, you
0: know, to tra- just try to just tear you apart. So. I mean, the jury is definitely out because if he if he fights someone who can sit on a punch and he gets hurt, you know, I don't really I don't see any that,
3: um, levels. I think what they're doing, just to answer Doc's question about, like, what's the module here, I think the module is put him on all these undercars and build them up, and then uh, maybe probably next year get him a big card on the network uh, of his own, or maybe even on, you know, one of the uh, – PBC uh, card, yeah. Uh, next year on one of the networks, Oof. or maybe the summer, maybe. Um, I mean, I agree with you guys. I'm not disagreeing. I just know that he's under Al Heyman, and I know the module that they normally go with with some of these guys, and I think that's the route that they're going to go. It's probably going to be Abner Ramirez. that's probably going to be the fight. That's
2: There's
4: also part. Gradovich. Gradovich is out there too, and he's under. Yeah, but
3: that. The, the Admiral Mara is loud. They're both Heyman guys. It's an easy fight to make. Yeah, um right. You know, it'll be the battle of of uh, both. Both. They're both from the L.A. area, right? Or is he? Where's Santa Cruz from? Is he from the L.A. area? Or he from he's guy? from, he's from the L.A. He's from L.A. Yeah. Okay. All right. The vicinity. All right. You know what I mean. Out there in that area. Yeah. All, all right. right. You guys.
2: Hit, you guys hit a stopwatch in the background. That means uh, we run a course on this particular discussion here. So. Um, this, there were some very interesting fights, but nothing, nothing beyond epic. So uh, I think we 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 all you know why I'm here. You <laughs> all know why we're here. So May second May will forever go down as one of the most historical days in the history of boxing. And and the one thing that's still debated was is whether May second was the best or the greatest night in the history of boxing. So this is one discussion that, in the last forty-eight hours, has has been debated tirelessly on a lot of the, the talk shows, uh, a lot of the sports talk shows, all the talking heads. This morning, I mean, man, uh, ESPN was a sight to be seen this morning between all of the, uh, 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 uh the from six a.m. with Mike with Mike and Mike in the morning to – and it had Stephen A. Stephen A. on there as a guest and all the way on to the first stage with Stephen A. and Skip Bayless, then Jamil Hill and and Michael Smith on his and hers. I mean, everybody was talking about this. ESPN had coverage of the post-fight all the way up until 4 in the morning on Saturday. So it was uh, something something to be said about this. You know what I'm saying? So there's something to be said about this fight. It It piqued a lot of people's interest from five years ago, up until the, the moment it was announced in January, and, and it was confirmed in February, and, and we knew that this was going to be a fight of epic proportions, and we knew this was going to be unlike anything we've seen in boxing. I mean, you're talking about the live the life game was the biggest in any sporting event in the history of U.S. sports. Um, the pay-per-view, they're saying, generated north of uh, $400 million. Floyd was on ESPN, Showing off the the check he got from the Nevada State Athletic, Athletic Commission, he didn't take a picture of the zeros, but he was showing it to everyone that was around and it was a hundred million dollar check, and we know he's due to make probably another hundred million when all the tallies are in. So there's no doubt that this was probably the biggest night in the history of sports, and you have to, of course, you have to uh, account for the fact that we live in, in different times now. Social media is such a prominent Aspect of our culture, and, and you had everybody that was somebody in there. We're not going to talk about J.B. Fox singing the national <laughs> anthem. Uh, that, that's that's, that's, that's a track, the right? <laughs> front of the show. That's the front of the show. That's the front of the show. Don't do that. Conflict of interest. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> but um, right. uh, the main event of the of uh, saw Floyd Mayweather, who was forty and zero, forty sorry forty seven and zero, fight Manny Pacquiao, who at that time was fifty seven five and two. And this was a, a welterweight fight on, like we've seen in, 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 in a long time. And what was the stake was Floyd's WBC strap and his WBA super champion strap along with Manny's WBO strap? It was a 12-round unanimous decision. For those of you living under a rock or a bubble or a vacuum that have no idea what the hell happened on Saturday, it was a 12-round unanimous decision. Uh, Burke Clements sc- scored it 116-112 along with Glenn mm-hmm. Stallman, who also scored it 116-112. And Dave, Dave Moretti, who some people uh, tend to refer to as the top-ranked guy, scored a 118-112 just to remove all doubt as to who was the uh, – sorry, 118-110, uh, who was the who was true victor in that fight. A lot of things happened pre-, during-, and post, and I'm going to let you guys take it. So I don't know which one of my brothers here wants to come on swinging, but <laughs> get it on. Who's got this first? Who's got the floor first? Tra- Matter of fact, you know what, hold on, My brother, Train, who, who those, those of you who are in front of the show, right? Those of you who are friend of the show, you are, you guys are the real MVPs out there. Shout out to Steph Curry, who got the MVP, uh, the NBA MVP award today. Shout out to Steph Curry and the Warriors. But those of you who are friends of the show, you are the real MVP. And you guys have known for years that, My brother, Train, has been one of the biggest advocates for Floyd Mayweather and his fighting style. And we recently had a countdown where we were going out. We we, we discussed the intangibles of this fight, and it was a very spirited discussion leading up to May 2nd. Train (laughs) bit the bullet and decided to go against his his own tradition of picking Floyd in, in, in virtually every fight, and he chose Manny Pacquiao. And he caught a lot of flack for it. And he was dead set. And I'm not trying to ridicule him. I just want to give him the platform to to, to address this. Because he he, he picked uh, Manny Pacquiao and he also yeah. what happened. So, Trane, I want you to address this. I want you to come out to and talk about this.
3: There used to be this movie back in the 80s called The Hit. Uh, it was one of these 80s cult classic movies, and basically, uh, there was, like, this type of demon inside of everybody that got passed along, and I don't know, man, you know, I think something got passed along inside of me, like the hid. No, I'm just kidding, man. Um, <laughs> You know, I had a feeling, man, and I went with it. I went against, you know, everything that I believed in. And, and like you said, anybody that's been following guards, Girl grow box, boxing. You know, I coined the phrase, silent, uh, science beats violence. Um, I thought I thought that uh, Pacquiao, uh effective aggression uh, would be the difference in the fight. I thought that he would score uh, phantom punches. I thought he would let his hands go and... You know, get those swing rounds. Uh, Floyd would have moments when he laid on the ropes, and that would give uh, Floyd, op- excuse me, Pacquiao opportunities. Um, there were some moments that were there, but Pacquiao just didn't capitalize on them. And and I'm gonna get to Floyd in a second. I just want to talk about Pacquiao first and what he didn't do. Um, and he just, just, just at times just looked disinterested. You know, but I, you know, I'm I'm not in his mind. I I don't. I don't want to speculate that he quit because I don't I don't really know that to be certain, but some of the things he did was just out of character and it was just kind of comical. If you turns on, you talked about all the shows that was on ESPN and some of these other shows, and the blame was being placed at Floyd's feet for not engaging. And if you look at it objectively, it was actually Pacquiao was the one who wasn't engaging like he should be. Um, but just giving it to Victor to Floyd, I mean. You gotta give it up. Um, the guy came out in the first round, and I know this. This is elementary, uh, and that's the range jab. You know, we always we always uh, applaud Kovalov for the same thing. Just put that fishing rod out there and able to uh, reel in your uh, your prey. And once he was able to range find Pacquiao from the very first round, in my mind, I was like, oh boy, this fight is over already. Because if a fighter is able to do that, he's able to dictate the pace and Floyd was able to find him uh, with that range jab often and whenever he wanted to. And there was times when, you know, Floyd decided to take breaks because it was so easy for him to find him with this range jab, and Pacquiao uh, uh, in activity also allowed Floyd to capitalize on, you know, just throwing right hands at Will when he wanted to. All in all, um, i let my brother's, brother in ch- chime in here. Um, you know Floyd shows show why he's the greatest uh, of this time and of this generation. I don't, I'm not going to say the best ever, but he's the best of this modern day generation, and he proved it on Saturday um, by fighting his contemporary and his so-called equal. He made easy work out of it.
4: I'm going to keep this. Uh, I'm going to keep this going since uh, I guess we're going to go. You know, with the guys who picked Pacquiao to win. So. uh I was probably the first one out of the GYGB family to say I thought that Pacquiao was going to win this fight. Um, watching the fight right out, right out the gate, I just saw this fight wasn't about what Mayweather was going to do. It was about what Pacquiao needed to do to win this fight. Um, let's just, I mean, everybody probably could agree that Mayweather did what he normally would do. Pacquiao didn't do anything that we thought he normally would do. Now, is this based on slippage or, or or was it based on the fact that he was just being neutralized? I'm willing to lean more towards a spot in the middle where I would say he was neutralized by Floyd's. Every time he tried to get aggressive, he got countered. And I think because of being knocked out by Marquez, that final – that actually did come into play. It's like, okay, now I need to be careful. So Pacquiao didn't implement none of the game plan that I thought he would have implemented in order to win his fight. Everything that I thought he would have done that made me choose him to be the winner of this fight, he didn't do none of that. This fight was based on volume. And you're not going to win a fight against a master boxer equaling or or throwing less than he does in terms of punches. It's impossible. It's mathematically impossible. And that's exactly what we saw. Pacquiao didn't do anything. And I will say that um, the excuses, I don't know if we want to jump here first, but I have to say this because I'm thoroughly disappointed. As a Pacquiao fan, I'll be the first to admit, I'm a Pacquiao fan, as well as a Mayweather fan. But being a Pacquiao fan, I'm thoroughly uh, disturbed by all the excuses going in. Uh, what it, was it, was it,
2: we're, that's part of a different segment we're going to address okay. as, far as, the, as far as the post-fight stuff. Um, we're going to stay with Repentance Square here. Roberto, you were another one that picked Manny Pacquiao, so you, the floor is yours right now. And I want you to tell you, me, if you can, in your breakdown, what, what were some of the things that would have changed the fight? Um, if, if if it was possible, I want you to talk about some of the things that would have probably changed the fight and changed the, the outcome, and or in key moments in the fight that you really felt like, okay, this is this fight is leaning this way, and I don't see this particular fighter making the adjustments he needs to make to to change the outcome. Can you address that?
1: Well, I think from the, from the jump, I mean, obviously the fourth round. I think it was the fourth round where he hit Floyd with that left. And, you know, he staggered him back. I mean, that was the only point where there there was any opportunity. And mind you, there was still time in that round. You know, there there was opportunities for him to just capitalize. But um to kind of touch on what, like, Corey was saying, it, it, it's kind of a deal where, like, at least for me, right from the get-go, from the first round, one thing I noticed, and, and I, I kind of made mention that I didn't think it would be an issue in the fight, was the size differential, and I think when when the fight right when the bell rang and I and I saw them really matched up, I was like wow. And then right when Floyd started just flicking that jab, and, and it, it was kind of like the fight in a way from the first ten to fifteen seconds was kind of it, it kind of began, and, and Floyd dictated the pace from that point. And there were there were spots where you know Pacquiao I, he he had to get it in the motion to take risks. And I, and for me, that was like really the whole MO going into the fight. Like was Pacquiao had to take risks and really move. And it became almost in a sense like the Canelo fight all over again, you know, where Pacquiao for a lot of the fight just kind of stayed in the middle of the ring and tried to box Floyd. And it was like, I, I think in a way, Pacquiao kind of got intimidated by the size and seeing as, like, Floyd was just, like, giving him that range, it, it was tough for him to kind of really prepare or, or set any attack. And, and and when you kind of think about it, 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 I don't think they had really a plan B or C where, you know, and, and it kind of, like, just showed after, like, really the fourth, fifth round. You know, so uh, brilliant performance by Floyd, man. I mean, I really can't say any more than, like, you know, what you guys already said. I mean, I, I think it, it kind of – uh, it, it's you know people will call it a, a legacy cementer, but at the same time, you know you you think back and you know might would have this would this have happened like five years ago? You know, with, with a, a younger Floyd and a younger Pacquiao. You know, it's because it, the size it wouldn't have changed. You know, it would have been the same guys just you know five years younger. So, uh, but yeah, I I, I mean not, not to drag it all, but I I think. Really, it's more of Pacquiao than Floyd as far as why things didn't occur like maybe many thought would happen. Because, I mean, I, I at the end of the day, Floyd did fight his fight. There there was really nothing different that Floyd did that he hasn't done in the pack.
2: Good point. Sleep, come on out swinging, sleep. <laughs> I really, there's no need to really come out. You know, swinging, you know, I'm going to use a measured jab and disrupt your timing. But, uh, you know, um, the fight didn't go exactly the way I called it. Uh, it It's mainly because, uh, you know, contrary to what Roberto saw, I kind of saw the opposite as far as size, Like, Floyd, I thought Floyd, when when that bell rang, he was going to look decisively, you know, larger than Pacquiao. Like, Pacquiao, the way he rehydrated, the way his body looked, you know, it was a mystery to what Floyd's size was, but they didn't look that far apart weight-wise as opposed to the way Floyd and, and Marquez looked in the ring. Like, he just looked like a two, way too big for him. So I think that contributed to the fact of, um, you know, um, the way I anticipated the fight to go. But back in 2009, I kind of predicted this type of outcome where the fight would just turn born from um, the fight becoming lopsided. Uh, Roy, Roy Jones says something throughout the week. Like, you know, he was trying to play possum earlier in the week because, you know, he's a commentator. Then he leaked towards the end of the week that, you know, uh, Floyd was going to be able to control him with a jab. He was like, the shorter guy, the shorter aggressive guy is going to get neutralized with the jab. And that's exactly what Floyd did. Uh, he wasn't allowing Pac to get in the rhythm. And it, and it happened early in the first round. When he took the first round, I was like, this is going to be a long night. And he would, you know, he would pop, he would pop Pacquiao before he can get into that bounce. And um, you know, Pacquiao sometimes gets into that Mike Tyson back and forth, you know, to, to try to develop a rhythm. And he was popping him midway. You know, a lot of people are saying, and some people, casuals are saying that, that Floyd ran, but the, you know, the punch stats is not lying. Like Floyd threw more punches than him. You know, he connected on more. and He threw more punches, and he was more accurate. I mean, and more active. It, it just seemed like, you know, Pacquiao was throwing more punches because he was throwing a lot of, a lot of shots and missing. I was disappointed in Pacquiao and Roach because they didn't seem like they had a plan B. You know, Floyd, Floyd pressed slightly, but it was a measured press. It wasn't a reckless press, and it was behind the jab. He did that early. Then he, he would back up on, on off rounds, and I think he was doing that to make the fight look competitive on a little rope-a-dope-type phase because anytime he led with his jab, he basically dominated around. And um, I was assuming that Pacquiao would really show more angles and more, more tricks and, and, and sell out more instead of, you know, just trying to come in in a traditional way. But that is, in fact, due to, to Floyd's accurate punching, which he does to just about everybody, specifically if you're around his size. You know, those punches will sting and they will discourage you and it would take the you know the effort out of you, and and I had it you know from six on you know Floyd just dominating him, and then and Floyd was trying to air him out. Floyd was sitting on those punches. It was plenty of plenty of punches. I was sitting there like, oh, he's trying to knock him out. But the, you know the pre-fight and seeing Floyd's hands and the way he wrapped his hands, specifically after um, Teddy Atlas was breaking down the hand wrap the day before, you know when he was doing the pre-fight show and how fighters. Cover certain areas that you know to try to limit sore areas, and and to see the different the difference between Floyd's rap and Pacquiao's rap tells you everything. Floyd's hands are still bad. He had so much rapping on that on those lead knuckles. It was basically like he's fighting with pillows, and it just makes me look at him even differently when we start talking about you know him in the history of boxing. You talking about a guy who I know we're gonna talk about that later on. Really? But like yeah. yeah. I know you don't want to go there, so I'll save that for, for there. I'll save that for there. But yeah, masterful performance from Floyd Mayweather, Jr.
1: Um, I, I'm
2: not going to discredit Pacquiao too much because I always thought, you know, his style would not give Floyd problems because he has to get in the rhythm or you have to press him for him to look great. Moving forward, he has a lot of flaws I thought Floyd was going to take advantage of, and he did. And, um, unfortunately, it resulted in a, a pretty lackluster, dominant performance. And and, and and to that I say you still retain the title of the guy with the with the, the black hat. Is that what they call you, the guy with the black hat? Well, yeah, was I wasn't, the, ex- I wasn't like accurate. The black hat to call the fight exactly like it
3: happened. You know, so, well, you know. well, I think I think it's safe to say that Floyd, because of the hand thing, I don't think there'll be no more knockouts. Well, before that's
2: we get that's into that's all cool. of that, before we get into that, ROD is on the
5: call. ROD, R. 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 are you in there? I'm
2: here. Oh, come on, come on out swinging.
5: All right. So, um, I agree with what Sleep has has said. You know, I, um, you know, the fight, you know, went was similar to what we anticipated. Um, we we kind of knew that, you know, going into the fight. We had a great fighter that had you know a good offense versus a fighter that had a very very good defense and um you know one one thing that floyd is very good at doing is like we said before um and, and roberto laughed you know when I said it a couple of weeks ago you know floyd is is similar to how how I said a couple of weeks ago when when you when you go to a club and you expect in it to be like hip hop night and you expect to go there and dance to hip hop. And all of a sudden, you know, you walk in the club and you're, you're dancing, you know, you, all you hear is, you know, reggae and R and B or some, or some old like jazz music. And it shows you that basically how he's good at making you fight his fight. You know, you can go there with a plan, but all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's sort of like you're you're in there and you're fighting his fight, you know, um, and that's what really happened. You know, I think Manny went in there and, you know, he realized that, you know what, I can't give Floyd these angles anymore because, you know, what he's doing, his footwork is so good that, you know, those angles aren't there. You know, I think those angles were there against other people because, you know, they weren't as, as superior of a boxer as Floyd was. Um, the other thing, too, was that, you know, when when he would try to get in there and try to, like, kind of, you know, dictate the pace. Floyd used a controlled jab. You know, as 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 Coltrane said, you know, a finder to kind of keep him at bay. Um, 72 inches, in terms, I think a lot of people underestimated 72 inches. 72 inches is the is the is the average, you know, size of a middleweight in terms of arm length. You know, that so it was really keeping him at bay, and we saw that. Um, and every time it seemed like Manny tried to even do something. Seemed like he was getting counter punched. almost like somebody smacking, you know, somebody snapping you with a rubber band. You know, he was getting hit. Bang, and he was just, like, kind of, like, retreat a little bit. It was leaving a lot of fans saying, hey, why is he not punching back? Well, I mean, he was getting countered every time he was punching. Kind of, you know, kind of changed his whole game plan up. So, again, I mean, it wasn't nothing that we we didn't expect. You know, a lot of people were were upset at Manny because he didn't do this or, you know, they felt like, well, you know, this could have been a possibility. You know, all the stuff that you guys, that, you know, we heard and people are saying was really due to the brilliance of Floyd Mayweather. You know, here's a guy that that really, you know, is a master, really, when it comes to boxing. He takes away what you do best by using his footwork and a jab. And it, it left Mandy, like, rendered, you know, powerless. You know, he couldn't do anything about it. So... Again, he's a, he's a he's a guy that you know is good at making you fight his fight. So that's what I saw great. in terms of in terms of being in the ring. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Great, great, no, great breakdown.
5: Great, great segment.
2: Guys, 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 handle that thoroughly. Um, I want you guys to talk. We're gonna move on to the next segment, which is something that was pretty contested by one of by by Manny. Uh, he he. As you guys know, part of his uh, post-fight presser was him saying he won and he felt like the cards didn't accurately reflect uh, the outcome of the fight. And his team was debating it, and some people felt like uh, the cards didn't accurately reflect the outcome of the fight. So I'm going to let you guys hear again what was the scores. Burke Clement had it 116-112. Dave Moretti had it 118-110 and Glenn thoman had it one sixteen one twelve, And we all, we all uh, a lot of people admit that Floyd dominated that fight. So are, are those scores reflective of the dominance, or the, 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 was the fight more competitive? Was the scores too close? Were they too wide? I want, I want to hear your takes on it.
4: I
1: had David Meredin's score. G- I had it
2: 118-110. By, by the way, GYGB scored a fight. Um, together, when we were watching the fight, we scored it 117-111, and there were a couple of rounds that could have gone either way. But you know, it, it was somewhere in the middle between Dave Moretti and what Burke Clements and Glenn Soloman had it. Yeah. So, so are the scores are the scores debatable, uh, or we feel like Floyd showed dominance and the scars reflected that dominance, or, or, or did Manny do enough to actually make the fight more competitive on the scorecards or not?
0: I mean, the only thing I, I mean, it all ended around the same. I looked
2: at some of the cards and they had like Floyd winning the first three rounds. I think I gave that second round
4: to Manny. I had him going back and forth. I'm just trying to remember. All Me I too. Know, Me too.
2: Yeah, I only had. I, all I know is when we got to the sixth round, the fight was even on my car. And then, it, then that's when Floyd kind of just took it over from there on. And then I, I, one thing we didn't give that I'll probably reconsider from looking at it again is uh, possibly could have gave that twelfth to Manny. Like I I know I gave Floyd like every round on from seven on, but um, he, I think he landed some clean shots there too, if I'm not mistaken, but I know was on his devil's only round. He was kind of slightly on his bike, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, that's the only thing I see differently at the end is the numbers still came out the same. It was a dominant performance from Floyd. Uh, well, I want you guys to keep that in mind because one of one of the segments there, the final segment during this recap is going to touch on the state of boxing. And a lot of what I've been reading in the press, uh, there's still a perceived confusion as to how you score a fight and how you judge a fight. Not necessarily score a fight, but how you judge a fight. And... and and, and it centers around uh, who is the aggressor versus the guy who's maybe perceived as you know, the guy that's running, which in which in boxing, historically, we know boxing is basically hit, don't get hit. So an elusive fighter gets props as, as someone that may be a scientist. So I want you guys to keep that in mind. Remember the scores when we talk about this. I want you guys to... Give me, give me something so that we can create the right messaging out there and add to the dialogue of the confusion with boxing. Because a lot of people look at, you know, they come compare to sports. When you compare combat sports, and the most prominent combat sport out there is MMA. So they have a, a different scoring uh, merit system than we do in boxing. So that's creating a lot of confusion. We'll talk about that in a few. Um, anybody has anything else to add about the scores before we move on to this other segment?
5: No, I think this is right or die. I think the, the scores are indicative of I don't know, I'm getting feedback or whatever that is, but I think the scores are indicative of what happened when you look at the uh the, the, the box and sometimes we, we laugh at CompuBox. box like you know, we look at it as kinda of like the annoying little brother, like, okay, well what what is his purpose? What are you here? Why is it here is annoying, all these stats, but you know, again, it, it was just indicative when you look at how unproductive, or how you know, Mandy always comes in with a purpose. He comes in productive, and he had a plan. But unfortunately, when you look at the, the combi box, it looks as though Mandy's was was kind of unproductive, or kind of like didn't throw his usual amount. And actually, Floyd was was uh you know countering that countering that amount a lot. So. You know, I think the scores are are indicative. You know, I, I I give kudos to the referees because you know even some of the the most diehard Pacquiao fans ag- agree with some of those scores. You know, I think the most people agree with that one sixteen one twelve. But kudos to the to the judges who were not swayed by the ooze in the eye every time Pacquiao threw a flurry and Floyd was in there like kind of like dipping them and. And Pacquiao wasn't really landing a clean punch. You know, to me that shows that, um, you know, in these big fights, there there are judges that really are not swayed by the crowd. They really just sit that's, there. Go ahead.
2: Great, not a great point. I was going to say they call it the sound test versus the eye test, and that's something that's easy to do in boxing. You get carried away with the the oohs and the ahs and and, and not really follow the action and score, score the sound. So you're absolutely right. Um, I wanted to add, since you brought up CompuBox, this is very important because a lot of people really don't understand that. And, and there's a reason why I brought up the scoring. So we historically, we all know Manny Pacquiao is just a whirlwind. And Floyd actually, I threw him by six punches. And I landed him uh, by over 60 punches. At a connect percentage of 34 to 19 percent, he out threw 267 jabs to Manny's 193 jabs. He landed 67, Manny landed 18. He connected 25 percent of one out of four of his jabs landed, to Manny's barely one out of ten. Power punches thrown. Manny threw 236 power punches to Floyd's 168. Floyd landed 81 of those power punches for all, uh, almost 50% connect rate at 48, and Manny landed 63 for a 27% connect rate. So he oh, he landed one-fourth of his power punches. And when everything was tallied up and averaged out, Floyd was Floyd threw 36 punches per round, connected on 12. Manny threw 35, connected on 6. Now, that, if you really want to get into the numbers, number, men lie, women lie, numbers don't, that tells you everything you need to know right there. So... If the judges are looking at that action. You know, it's pretty hard to dispute the scorecards because those are some telling numbers right there. And if you were, if you were to look at the particulars of the fight, you could say one fighter. When you talk about ring generalship, and one fighter fighting his fight, you can say that the fighter A in this in this particular instance being Floyd fought the fight more so than fighter B. So I don't think there's anything else we can dispute about the cards. So, but I want you guys to keep that in mind because we're going to talk about this. In the next in the segment after this, because we need to educate the public out there as to why boxing is boxing and not and not brawling. So, um, now that we we talked about this, this is a fight that was years in the making. You know, a, a lot of people doubted that it was going to get made. A lot of people felt that you know after this particular fight took place that. Nothing else could happen in boxing that would mirror or equal this, and they may be right. I mean, this was a
1: pretty hyped-up
2: promotion. So it, when, when you look at these two fighters who, who have – Floyd has fought a lot of fighting. He's been fighting for almost 20 years, 38 years old. Man, he's been fighting almost just as long, if not longer, and he's 30, uh, 36 years old. What are potential future matchups out there, retirement, retirement talk notwithstanding? What are some of the things that are out there for Floyd as he goes after 49-0 and 0, and Manny Pacquiao as well, since he's been in some serious wars and some of his luster has been, has been wearing off, you know, after he, he
3: keeps taking L. Um, who
2: wants to talk about this? Uh, let,
3: me, let me get this one real quick. Let me jump this one off, Docs. Um, I think that the curtain call was Sunday, last Saturday. That was uh, Floyd's last fight, technically. Now, um, his farewell fight will be in September, literally, Um, and I think he's going to get a softball on the way out the door. Um, I think that the Everest, a.k.a. Manny Pacquiao, already has been conquered. Um, I know Roberto hit me off with a text earlier about some rumblings of him maybe having his last fight on CBS, and I think it'll be against a soft opponent, and I personally believe he deserves the right to kind of have a farewell fight, especially after, you know, conquering uh, his so-called equal. And making it a lopsided affair. So I think that what you'll see, and I'll just throw a name out there for its and giggles, and I'll say a guy like Danny Garcia, who's a name out of the names that's left, um, a guy that Floyd know he can beat and probably beat and probably will be soundly. Um, so if I had to guess, Docs, of a name, that's the name I would probably guess. Easy fight, Heyman guy, 47. Danny's moving up. Pop can sell a fight. And I think Floyd uh, he flies off into the sunset until they back the uh, Brinks truck up for number fifty. While he's retired,
2: you know, today I, I was I was watching um, one of the, one of the shows. Oh, I'm tired of plugging those shows. They don't put no money in our pockets. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but Teddy Atlas is one of the shows, and he says uh, as brilliant as Floyd is as a, as a master marketer, he feels that. But all of this stuff that's going on in the sport that, you know, he might do like you're saying, like you guys are alluding to. He might take a softball fight as a farewell fight, disappear for a year or two, and come back two years later when people have forgotten about this underwhelming tobacco and possibly um close out and get the fiftieth victory. Is that something that's a possibility? Um anybody else wanna talk about that? I I wanna I wanna step in. Um there was a movie called uh uh Hey, is it Go
1: Get You Sucker?
2: What was it? Um, what's the, what's the gonna, name? of the Sucker? What
1: is it? I'm going to get you, Sucker?
2: I'm going to get, gonna get sucker. you, Sucker. I'm going to get you, Sucker. Jack and Spades, man. There's, Jack and <laughs> Like I disagree, homeboy. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think the last fight was well, not going to be the last fight, but I think the fight that he's going to exit and allegedly close the curtain on this, it's going to be the one that's going to garner him the most prestigious belt in boxing, it's that green belt that Cotto has, and it's going to be a fight against Cotto for the middleweight title. We've been calling it the and one belt because of how Cotto got it with got it from a man with the N one shorts, the fraudulent belt, <laughs> but it is the belt with the lineage. And Floyd has Floyd has absolutely one belt. You get classed for those bars with that. Those is bars. Those are bars. Yeah, yeah. I like to spit. I like to spit. The M1 and one belt. And listen, like like my man like my man Eminem says, you only have one shot, one chance, and you're gonna see the moment. And he's not gonna be able to grab that one sixty belt. This is the perfect opportunity for him to ride off into the sunset with the one sixty belt to submit his argument that he's the T B. E. Once he does that and rides off to the sunset. The amount of money they're going to offer this man to come back is going to be so ridiculous, and he's going to pull his comeback wearing a 4-5 or five Jay-Z line, you know, not to play games with you. And then we're going to see Floyd probably, um, I say, it won't be that single tomorrow, the maybe that fall September. I, I don't know. But he's, he's going for 50. And the 50 is going to be the softball because he's going to have – 50 everything. can be the softball, though. Wow. So you know what – no, no, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, because the once he once he gets the 160 pounds of title, right, his argument is that he's going to have one of his strongest arguments ever about being the greatest ever.
4: Now, the 50
2: mark is just a number of being undefeated. That could be against anybody. He's already accomplished all these things. I think that's the softball fight, to go for 50. And then the story's going to compel about, him being older and being out the game, so he'll be able to justify it. He'll be able to justify the softball. that's my opinion. All right, so, so you, bet you guys are making a, a point, a valid point here, in saying that, uh, you know, you got to remember, fifty's also one more than Rocky Marciano. Forty-nine and zero ties Rocky, so he disappears, come back, comes back to fifty. That's one more than Rocky, Ooh. and that's kind of more like legacy builder. Ooh. So we're we're talking about. Somebody of with, with Floyd's legacy who, who, that's still being debated. You know, as we, you know, we're still fresh of the comments he made last week about uh, when ESPN revealed it are doing the Stephen A. Uh, f- fan Fest. Uh, he, he, Dave, was were talking about he was, he's the greatest ever. He's better than Ali. Some people felt it was shock value. Some people felt it was Floyd being brilliant at marketing and getting attention. Some people actually felt that was his ego actually feeling like he was worthy of that. So that being said. If he's if his legacy still in question and we feel like Manny's this Manny fight hasn't really done a lot for his legacy, should he take a more challenging fight? Because you have names out there like Kel Brook and and Keith Thurman and Amir Khan, who some of you guys there keep saying that if there's one guy that can beat Floyd, that's Amir Khan. And should he even entertain that fight to further cement his legacy, or is or is that too much risk or reward? So ROD. I know you're a big proponent of Khan and, and, and his fighting style, along with Suli. You guys, every day, I got to hear this rhetoric from, from the both of you. I was talking about this is the one guy that can beat Floyd. So does was, was the future hold? Is the future hold Khan in the cards or or, or, or not? And, and talk to me a little bit about why he should avoid Khan.
5: Well, uh, Coltrane and I always said that, and we, said, we agreed upon that two years ago. Um, so to answer your first question, does the future hold <clears throat> Khan? does that, you know, magic eight ball, when we shake it up, does Khan name appear? Absolutely not. Um, I believe that Floyd avoids him, you know, by by all costs. And the reason why is, number one, you know, I, I think that as Coltrane said, as Sleep said, you know, that he's entitled to that softball, you know, give me fight. For that last one. I mean, we all thought that Pacquiao would, would typically have been his last fight. But, you know, I think that he's he's entitled for a gimme fight for the last one. And I just compare it to going to school on the last day. No one goes to school on the last day to take a crazy exam, you know. And, and no one, you know, goes on their last day of work and, and, and tries to put out a fire. You know, it's supposed to be something really easy, you know. And... I think that that's what Floyd is going to do. He's going to take a path that is just sort of like, okay, I'm going to give you guys, you know, a softball and give myself a softball and, you know, go out high, you know. And and as Roberto reported before, what better way than to give, you know, people something on uh, CBS. Uh, Now, in terms of why we actually thought or why we believe that Khan – is not the way to go. It's, it's simple. You know, when we talk about dimensions, you know, kind, the one thing we know about Floyd, and and and, and I talked about this, you're not going to really beat Floyd unless you jab him, which is why we always thought that Floyd would lose to someone like, rest in peace, like a Vernon Forrest, you know, even a Winky Wright when they were even talking about that fight at that time. It's just that, you know, if you look at the people who typically have given Floyd trouble, everybody throws out a softball, a softball, you know, it's really people that really have jabbed him, you know, to disrupt his time, has disrupt his rhythm. You know, when you look at the people who've given him trouble and the times they've given him trouble, I'm not talking about the people that have given him one punch, but the people that have put him under a lot of duress. When we've seen it, we're, we're typically people that jabbed him. Amir Khan has a piston-like jab. Amir Khan is not looking to knock really Floyd out. Amir Khan can, can beat Floyd by just simply boxing him, by simply throwing, you know, combinations and and throwing – off of a jab. Um, when you look at how other fighters come in and fight Floyd, you know, it's just the way how Floyd wants him to fight. Floyd wants them to basically engage them. He wants to be the counterpuncher. I think at this point in time, I think it's going to really be hard for Floyd to really do that against Amir Khan. You know, and Amir Khan basically has made adjustments since he's been knocked out. You know, he's got with Virgil, and, you know, he fights... Different before when I mean, he was with Freddie. No disrespect, you know he was fighting like he was, you know, at a, at a bar. You know, like it was St. Patty's Day. You know, what I mean he was, you know, he was fighting like you know he went to throw bottles and just get in a booth and just throw a whole bunch of punches and he was getting caught with some craziness. Now it's sort the of bars. like. I'm sorry.
2: No, I, I was waiting for Doc to hit the the bar. The bar. Oh, the bar. <laughs> the okay, <doctor> bar. Okay. No, <laughs> no, uh, uh, he, he definitely, he definitely earned this. You earned this. Okay. <laughs>
5: but, you know, now he's in a situation where he's, he, you know, Khan is fighting more intelligent, and you're, and you're seeing, you know, that, that amateur pedigree that, you know, this I think that now this is the way that Khan should have been fighting all along. He probably would have had more success. So I think that Khan poses a very dangerous threat because, you know, he, he, he has a length, he can jab, and, you know, I think that, you know, he's not going to really be the person that's going to be hunting Floyd down and like the other people that fought for in the past, I think that he's going to really disrupt for his time and his rhythm, being intelligent and using his jab and his speed.
2: Well, look, that, that brings me to another point, and I want Roberto and, and Corey to chime in on there.
5: I, I need you guys to
2: give me your take, because we always talk about these big fights and the significance of them, and the payday that, that comes with it. So in your opinion, guys, do you guys feel any of these guys have earned a payday for Floyd's uh forty eight and oh or forty nine and 0 or fifty and fights? Uh Danny Garcia or Kell Brook or Keith Thurman or or Amir Khan. I mean, are these guys are they deserving of this final fight?
1: Uh, I mean uh I I mean to I mean to agree with what Rather Dye was saying, I mean I think this is for the, at least this fight, I mean, I think the fact, I mean, I did hear, I mean, there's apparently these rumors going around that, you know, they want to set up a CBS primetime date as it, and do like a big lead up alas last like hurrah and Floyd goes out like that. And the way I look at it is you they they have to make the best possible fight without it being that much of a risk. And, and like what Coltrane was saying, like I think Danny Garcia just fits the mold right now where technically he's undefeated. Um, His pops would be hilarious selling the fight and he's a Heyman guy. And um, they're not obviously not going to go through the motions of trying to sell a pay-per-view as opposed to putting it on primetime television where they can just create um, an avenue to promote the fight in that manner without maybe spending as much to put it on pay-per-view. But I, this is my theory. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, we got to remember that Floyd makes a lot of money boxing. And I think with this upcoming fight, you want, you. in my opinion, he should get us, like, and I don't want to call any of those guys like soft fighters. I mean, that's no disrespect to them, but we got to also keep in mind the league that Floyd Mayweather is. So, I mean, in Relation. I mean, those guys aren't at that level. But at the same time, Floyd is deserving of a fight that, you know, he would be heavily faded in. And from that point, man, I think I think there's a possibility he would come back, but it would have to be a big event and, and a big fight. And at least at welterweight, I, I don't know if there's somebody in the next two to three or four years if Floyd isn't even going to come back at 40 years old. But, um, you know, it would be interesting if he came back and wanted to fight at middleweight, but, you know, that might be asking a little too much. But I think he's going to get a soft, or, or a moderately soft fight as his last fight.
4: In terms of uh, whether or not one of these guys deserves the Floyd payday, I would say that's, Emphatically, I would say no. Amir Khan, I mean, I'm not even going to speak on Danny Garcia because that's pretty much obvious. But Amir Khan, I would say, in his last four fights, he fought Devin Alexander, Luis Collazo, Julio Diaz, Carlos Molina. For that, he fought Danny Garcia and lost. So in terms of deserving a payday with Floyd, absolutely not. But in terms of Floyd... Having a farewell fight at the biggest scale, I would have to say that the con fight would be the biggest scale because he could take that over to Wembley Arena, sell out that place. It would be the biggest thing that, there would be the biggest fight in, in the history of Europe, at least. And it would be a whole different level, and then that's a whole other different revenue stream over there. So, in terms of a business move, um, that might be the best business move for Floyd. I tend to lean towards uh, what Rod is saying, and especially Train. Train actually convinced me on this, because a year ago, I wasn't trying to hear it, but I do think at this point, Khan would be the most competitive fight for Floyd. But in terms of deserving, I, neither one of them deserved that beta. Well, let me ask
2: you this, why you, you, you say that, right? So do the fans deserve... Uh, a, com- a more competitive fight than a farewell fight. And if we're talking about something to punctuate the legacy, does that matter at this point? Is his legacy cemented? Is his legacy... Uh, we have you, you were in here last week and we had the top 25 discussion for the new 20, all-time 25 list that was assembled by all the boxing writers. We're still debating some people feel, and, and GYGV feel that Floyd is finally in the top ten, some people feel he's not in the top twenty-five still after this fight. So, do you feel like that fight matters and it should be a legacy fight and it should be a competitive fight as opposed to a softball fight? Here I'm out the door. Thank you for everything you've done, Floyd. Here's the, the 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 rock and chair farewell tour. What do you think? Do you think it should be a more competitive Amir Khan type light fight?
4: If we look at history, we know that most of the what we consider, I mean, if you look at the history of all the guys, that, a lot of the guys, I won't say all the guys, that we have in the top 25, a lot of those guys did not actually go out in their farewell fight with a bank. They either went out with a loss or kind of drifted away. So um, with so many questions in terms of the general public base of his win over Manny Pacquiao, The general public might want to see a a more defining uh, period to his career. Um, And and, and doing that, um, that's really hard to say because if you look at the history of of Floyd's fight, when was the last time he was the underdog? We remember some of the greatest fighters are, are people that we think about who overcame odds. Well, Floyd. Technically, hasn't had to un- overcome odds in the ring where we thought that okay, there's no way he's gonna win. So, if, if we put that in perspective, we're looking at him moving up the, or or fighting a, a middleweight fight, getting that middleweight strap. And who who at middleweight would he have to fight? It would either be a Kodo, who to me as a middleweight champion, I don't I don't consider him a legitimate middleweight champion. Or a triple G, and we all know that would never happen. So, based on what's left, there's nothing left for him out there. So, whoever he fights is going to be outside of time. Is going to be somewhat of a of a, a easy touch. Interesting. Uh so
2: so it's a lot of questions, and whether a lot a lot of questions are. Are being uh post out there as far as like the future. I'm trying to see if Big Mike is on the future of both fighters. Big Mike is on is on the phone right now. Big Mike, this last segment we just talked about, I know you uh first of all welcome to welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. Um, we, uh, we we discussed a lot today. You're just you're joining joining us in mid discussion. Uh we 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 just covered this one segment where we're talking about future matchups and Potential matchups and whether retirement is in the cards for these, for either one of these fighters right now, and what the future hold. And some of the conversation went in the direction of you know what type of fight Floyd takes before he hangs it up. You know, does he does he stop at 49 and 0? Does he go away and come back a couple of years later and tries to get you know the 50th. Uh, Stick to me on his on his record, uh, and, and everybody had different things to say in regards to it. I, I don't know if you have anything you may want to add to it before we move on to the, the, the following segment.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think I think they both should retire. to Be honest, I, I definitely think Manny Pacquiao should retire. I don't think Manny Pacquiao will ever get a fight of this magnitude in life. I don't see the point with him continuing on as a fighter. Um, I I think he, you know, he's the um, eight division champion. He accomplished a lot. I think the pinnacle of his career, he came up short. And I think he should ride out on that note. I think anything beyond now, you know, has the potential of putting himself uh, in danger of, of getting hurt. And I don't think it's not it's not worth the risk. I think he's going to be paid a substantial amount of money and he should he should uh, he should ride off in the sunset floyd mayweather on the other hand um I, I you know I don't really see too much for him to do. I don't think he has anything else to prove um speaking of- floyd personally um again he's the highest paid athlete and uh he made a substantial amount of money from what i'm hearing he made close to 150 million dollars on the fight personally uh, without writing any more checks um i think um floyd should um he should retire if 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 CVS releases him um out of this last fight i think he should retire um I do think there's some things about his particular lifestyle would probably keep him in boxing for maybe another fight, maybe another two or three fights. I don't know what his markability would look like after this particular fight. Um, I think one thing is clear. Um, he brilliantly um, crafted his career around being a villain and being good. And, you know, he was, you know, to, to the people who who don't like him he's like that he's like that big huge carpenter bee that comes around and and you know you just want to swat him, but you just can't catch him <laughs> and you know it's just that allure of you know just wanting to see somebody lose and take him out I mean he's just he's just a master craft um um fighter that I just don't see him losing no time soon what well, sli- is
2: just. Well, right, I didn't mean to cut you, uh, cut you off, but I want you, I want you to answer something for me because you, you made me think about something he said in post-fight presser. He says that he wants to vacate all his titles and he, he doesn't want to hold up any more of his titles because he feels like there's a young crop of fighters that need to be built into stars in the sport that need to fight for his titles. So we were talking about some of these young fighters like you know the Americans and the and the Danny Garcia's and the Kell Brook and the Keith Thurman's and whether Floyd should fight, which one of those fighters might be Floyd's if he does fight on it? He does have to, if He does fight in September. Which one of those fighters, along with Cotto, as, po- as a possible middleweight opponent for the the middleweight belt? Which one of these guys are most deserving of their payday, or ask, or, or have they have they earned it Are they deserving of their payday? Oh, is that a fluff fight, there? Uh, should he be involved in a tough fight uh, to signal his way out of the sport? I mean, what, what's your take on that? Yeah,
0: I, you know, I hear this conversation from a lot of people, and I, I'll just say this. Floyd is the kind of fighter is like, you know, he's like the genius kid in Floyd the class. Floyd is the kind of fighter um, that, you know, when – you know, it, it, to, against the average-looking guy, it's not going to really look like a, a really good fight. I don't think he should go out fighting a lay. Uh, I don't think he should go out with a layup. I think he should go out and fight the best. That's you know that's remaining me personally. I don't see. I don't see why he would go out fighting somebody um, that would be a layup to him. I think Khan is definitely would be a layup. I think mean, Khan is. Um, as you know, I think he's is just a marginal fighter that's just recently regained popularity and I just think he's just like Danny. Um is just waiting for a second exposure. I would say the likely candidate for him to fight in September would be Thurman. I think Thurman uh, undefeated and he has uh I think he only has two fights that went the distance. I I think that would be um I think that would be more of a, a compelling I think that'd be worth the pay per view by. Um, I don't I don't think Thurman would beat him. I don't think Thurman would have a chance, but I think it would at least be interesting to see that type of fight rather than um somebody like Khan who looked well against um um Devin Alexander would just be totally annihilated by someone that, like Ford <coughs> I think it would even be worse than Man Tacky, to be honest with you. Um, it. And uh, I, and I don't think I don't think boxing fans would want to see anything like that. I think Keith Thurman would probably be more of an interesting type. You know, you got a master science guy. Then you have a you know you have a puncher, a guy who tries to box who is a who is a dynamite puncher. I think that would be more of a that type of fight. I think um, Floyd looks better against those type of people because they keep coming forward. Um, you know, they, they keep applying pressure and he keeps exposing them. Those, those are the types of fights to me with Floyd that, that are pretty exciting, i.e. Cotto, um, Chino. Um, Zad Judah would probably one of his most exciting fights of late. Oscar was pretty exciting. So I think Thurman would probably be the best. I think Con would be a disaster. I think um, Danny Garcia would, would definitely be a disaster. Um Only thing I would probably want to see, only person I would want to see Floyd fight in September, that would be probably of a comedic nature. Broner would be funny. I think that would be. (laughs) I I think that would be. I think that would be. If he's going to take a layup, I think that's the layup he takes because we could all have a laugh as he goes out. So. um, um,
2: Shout shout out to Big Mike for the for the Adrian Broner reference. Nobody nobody mentioned him. (laughs) Chino <laughs> video that the you the, the Instagram video with him and Chino by the way. Well, so yeah. go ahead, Big Mike, before we move on to the next segment.
0: So yeah, so that's why I see it. I don't see I don't see anything else for him to do. I think he he proved you know he he proved he proved people wrong. He proved um, he you know he he um, he's done everything that he needed to do in one forty seven and one fifty three. So I I really don't I don't really see anything other than either Thurman or, you know, Broner for a comedic nature to go out and, and, and that's, that's, that's what that i Oh, Oh, um, so that, that
2: covers that segment. That was a pretty, uh, we'll, st- we'll still keep watching, uh, as, the, as the future unfolds. There's a lot of fights to be made and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of upcoming fights in the next few, in the next few months in the calendar. Speaking of which, we have a great one this week and a, uh, has the potential to be nothing but fireworks. And that's uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez, who's 44-1, the only loss coming to, uh, against Floyd Mayweather. And he's fighting. He's taking on James Kirkland, who's also 32-1. And I think that L came against Angulo. Am I correct? No, he beat Angulo. Nah. Who, who's that L against? Forgot. Um, I forgot. Kirkland, they...
4: Kirkland was with the, with the Chinese board.
5: Yeah, it was the okay. um, it was the, it was the Asian guy? Yeah. Shamit. Okay. Okay. Lady, um,
2: well, I'll research it while we we're talking about. Yeah, it was a it was an unknown Asian guy that knocked, out, knocked him out. So the this cheetah. fight. Is, okay. Cool. 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 So this fight is taking place. At and Winston Ann Wolf is
0: behind a couple of times.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Shout out to <laughs> Ann
2: Wolf. She she got abs. And
0: the black belt. <laughs>
2: 154 pound Junior junior middleweight fight For no straps And this is as good as it gets You got two young fighters Who, who neither one of them Know how to go backwards And it's going to be all out So let's talk, let's talk about this fight Before we close out with Our state of boxing segment And um, if you guys can briefly talk about Your predictions for this fight And we'll get the recap next week Who wants to take Who wants to uh, go over? And I'll start off I'm just sitting on the bench I'm gonna sit I'm on the bench swimming. for a couple of quarters. Then you go sleep. You got it. Ring's yours? No and wolf, no big bad wolf, I'm gonna get annihilated. I think um Canelo feasts off of
4: people who sit right in
2: front of him. And the thing with Kirkland, with his he's more of a war of attrition type fighter, and that's through the torturous nature and abusive nature of his former trainer, and Wolf, putting him in sheds, tying them to pick up trucks, you name it. So, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to repeat with. I've years ago. I'm going to repeat what I've If there is ever a female on the planet that I do
4: not have any problem with,
2: um, if I'm going down a dark alley and Ann Wolf's coming up the others, I'm turning around.
5: That woman is scary.
2: that <laughs> so, like she's not training him. I can't put a lot of stock in Kirk. Kirk is the type of guy. He's going to eat what you have, and then he's going to, you know, then he's going to try to take over the fight. So um, I think Canelo is going to dominate the fight. Um, Will he stop him? You know, uh, he does have those bursts. It's going to be a pretty gory fight, but I I just don't think he's going to have the intestinal fortitude to pull off some of those crazy fights that he pulled off in the past without. So the reason why he would win those fights, because he didn't want to go back to that corner and get cussed out at. So without that there, you know, I can't really say this fight's going to be that competitive. It's going to be pretty exciting if you like bloods and guts, but uh, I got Canelo with a, a, a very decisive victory. It's going to look like the Angulo fight. With Canelo for Angulo. Got it. Um, which one of you guys wants to come in and, and, and take a stab at right
4: that? Let me just say this real quick, man. Um, oh, is that Corey? Yeah, that's Corey. Kirkland fought Glenn Tapia in his last fight. He had wolf for this quarter. And he TKO'd the guy in the sixth round. All right. Um, before that, he was. There was a disqualification against Carlos Molina. Before that, he TKO'd, um Alfredo Angulo. Sleep hit the nail. He, he hit the head. He, he, he hit the nail on the head. The, at the end of the day, without Ian Wolf, it's, it's going to look ugly. He. This is a guy who's skillless. You know, he doesn't have any skill. He's all brute. You know, and and at the end of the day, it's like this. He's like the kid who's fighting in school. He, you know, he know not to go home getting beat up because you know when the, his his mom or his dad might kick his ass worse than the kid that in school. So he'd rather just go ahead and kick the guy's ass in school. And that's good James Kirkland. Without Ann Wolf in his corner, we're gonna see a different James Kirkland. And he's definitely he. I don't I don't think he has a shot against Alvarez. I'm predicting a TKO between the eighth and the twelfth round. Between the eighth and the twelfth round. Between the eighth and the twelfth round, I got I got a TKO. It's it, it's 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 not even like it's almost too predictable.
2: So, so far everybody's uh, kind of aligning themselves with a with a Canelo victory. Anybody else that uh, has I'm a going to them.
0: I'm gonna go on a limb and I'm gonna pick Kirkwin for this fight. Um, no, think, Mike,
2: chill, relax, bro. <laughs> 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 no, seriously,
0: I, I am. I think, I think some of that Wolfe trauma is still in his psyche somewhere, and uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that that trauma will come out in the ring when when he needs it. But um, I, I don't know, man. I'm just. I'm just not a huge Canelo believer. I just think he's I don't know, I just think he's just he's he's just one of the luckiest junior middleweights I've ever seen. I mean I don't know how he got past Laura. I think Laura um clearly won that fight. Um I think Kirkland is just gonna come in with the same type of of style that Canelo has. I just think he's just going to be a little stronger and overpower him. That's what I believe. Can I
4: ask? Can I ask Big Michael a question here? Uh, sure. Big Mike, if you, if you compare James Kirkland and Alfred, Alfredo Angulo, they're practically the same fighter. And saw what we we saw what Angulo. What we saw what Canelo did to Angulo, he stopped him. I don't think the, so, I,
0: I don't think they're exactly the same fighter. I think Kirkland has a little bit more. I mean, you know, I think I think I think Kirkland has a little bit more um, style. I think he's just a little step up of her angle. Um I, I just I don't know. I mean, I'm not totally sold on Kirkland winning. But I'm just going to go and, and, and um, you know, I'm not going to really go with X's and O's on this one. I think I think, I think some of Ann Wolf is going to come out of him and beat him. And we don't really even know how this trainer is going to have an effect on him. We don't really know that. Um, but I don't think Alvarez is all that great of a fighter. I just don't. I, I think that's Oscar's. Trump card, and I just don't, I think he's betting on a losing horse. I, I put him in the same category. I put him in the same category with Danny Garcia. It's just a matter of time. Remember I used to say back in the day, guard your girl. back in the day, y'all know who I'm about to say, right? Right or die, Who am I about to say? Boy, your boy, baby, baby boy. Baby, baby boy. boy. I mean, everybody was loving the baby boy at one moment. But it was just something about the baby bull was just waiting to be exposed. I mean, I, I just, I think, I think Danny and I think Cannell, I think they're in the same ilk of baby bulls. Just those guys who seemingly have what it takes, but I think behind the mask is just something that's going to crack soon. And I think Danny's going to crack soon. I think Alvarez is going to crack soon. And uh, I think Kirkland could be the guy to do it if he really, if he really brings back everything that he's, you know, that he's been taught. I don't know why he would give up Ann Wolfe. He's been so successful with her. It had to be some sort of acrimony that we, we just don't know about. But I think he has something. He want to go out. That's all. I just think if it's just. live living the world. I just think so it's something. Be, in, Sorry. I think it's I think it's something in that exposed exposed that crack. From far as I'm concerned, Laura exposed the crack. I mean, they gave they gave they gave Canelo a gift on that fight. Uh, you know, I still you know, I still believe that. So, so you are You you're predicting the demise of the Golden Boy Empire is basically what you're saying. Basically, basically, <laughs> basically. I think I think Oscar needs a, he needs another horse to bet on. Man, I think I think. I think chucky's not i'm sorry hold that, that hold that
2: hold that thought <laughs> because that that ties that ties specifically into the next discussion we're going to have which we're going to talk about the state of boxing it's, you know just the sport right now where we're at you know in the aftermath of this great heavily promoted most hype event in the history of boxing so we'll i want you to keep that thought and i want you to address that in a few um before we move on to that, I wanna know if, if uh, ROD and Roberto and, and Trey got anything to, to punctuate in this discussion. What's your what's your guys' predictions? Canelo versus Kirkland?
1: I like I like Canelo in this fight. I mean the the thing with Canelo, I I mean I have I have my judgments on him as like as far as styles that he won't in my opinion do well against, as we've seen. But with Kirkland, we gotta think A he, I when when was the last time he fought? Was it like the beginning of last year? I don't know, I'll look it up. Yeah, like I, I don't think he's fought in like over a year. And then adding you know, I think he's he's a I mean, he's he's kind of a an enigma if you think about it. I mean, like he's had tough fights, but he's always just like one punch away from kind of turning a fight around, but I think with Canelo, this, his style is in somewhat in a way Taylor made to make Canelo look like he's in there against a tough guy, but I think Canelo, like Corey said, he's going to stop him in like eight or nine rounds because it's just, he, I don't think he's going to be able to maintain like getting hit to the body and and, and he's going to be wide open for the shot. So, and, you know, and Canelo, I mean, he does he does have a nice left hook to the body, but it, it, the thing with Kirkland, he's not going to move. So, I mean, he's going to be kind of very stationary, well, really very stationary, right in front of uh, Canelo, which is going to feed right into his style. And You know, if they try to go at kind of a back-and-forth puzzle. You know, I I see Canelo winning that too because I think he's faster. <laughs> he is. I mean, he is faster. But, I mean, I like Canelo in that fight, man. I, I think he, he's, you know, probably eighth, eighth ninth round stoppage. And hey, to answer
2: two. your question the last time, uh, Kirkland was in the ring was December seventh of twenty thirteen when he fought Glantofia. So he got a, he's got l he's got a little bit of ring rust. You're talking about a, a year and a half worth of ring rust yeah. to shake off. Train train or R O D you guys uh, what what's your predictions on that?
5: I believe that um that he uh, what you just said, I agree with everybody else. Just like the ring activity inactivity, him and his legal problems uh, talking about Kirkland um being off some time, him losing and wolf, who I believe is his is his um you know his mental backbone and then you think about um the fact that he hasn't fought since two thousand thirteen you know I can see where where mike has you know can make that decision because you know on the other side, you know I don't think that. Canelo has fought anybody who hits as hard as Kirkland. The one thing we do know is that the problems that Canelo has had in the past were against boxers that move. You know, Trout was a great boxer, uh, Laura was a great boxer, Floyd, you know, guys that boxed him gave him trouble. This guy's gonna stand right in front of him. And I think that he's gonna test Canelo's chin. But I think ultimately, without Ann Wolf, you know, I think that Canelo is going to get that win. And it's going to provide fireworks. You know, I call this like snakes on a plane. It's going to be like real action. You know, no really no dialogue in a movie, nothing for you to really follow. You can just, you know, kind of like turn the sound off and just, just watch it. But, um, you know, I think that Canelo is going to, going to win the fight. You know, it's probably, he'll probably not Kirkland down. There will probably be some rough moments for Canelo. But ultimately, he'll win the fight by unanimous decision.
2: What about you, Train? Coltrane. train. I think Coltrane has disappeared on us. Um, anyway, so uh, so moving on to the next segment, and I, and I think this might be.
1: I want... Hello. Hey. Hello.
0: Stop. Anybody else on the call? Yeah, I am Big Mike's still on the call. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here.
2: Yeah, I think we were going to talk about legacy
0: and, uh, you know,
2: where Floyd and where Pacquiao stands, you know, amongst the greats. Uh, and we, you know, I'm going to hold the fort down until Doc gets back on the call, but that's with you know, the last segment we was going to discuss. Right. So there's, there's Doc yeah I got kicked off. I don't know if you guys were trying to hate on me then somebody knew I was gonna say some real some greasy stuff about the sport of boxing and they got cut off. Well, <laughs> I was just letting them know that uh are taking it to the last segment, so go ahead tell hey, No, I was gonna say so this just I wanted specifically to wait because this is something that uh will it it can, it can it could be broken up into several parts because how you how can you can't compound? such a conversation into uh, minutes, you know, and, and this is tough moving forward now that we've had one of the biggest events that we've had in a long time in the history of sports, not just boxing, but <clears throat> sports in general. And we've been talking about the lead-up to this fight has been something akin to a Super Bowl, an NBA final, and whatever other major sporting event you can cram in at the same time, you know, you had all these networks covering this event around the clock, and it brought a lot of a lot of attention to the sport. And this is something that we've been talking about. Boxing, boxing really, really needed, you know, this type of coverage and this type of uh, attention. Bring it, you know, brought to the sport, and and we we felt great, you know, boxing just because of that fight being made, we saw. You know, boxing, come back to uh, network TV. We started having Saturday afternoon fights, Saturday night fights on primetime, and you had all these cards and all this infatuation with the sport. But what happens is with that attention comes a lot of other uh, magnifying glasses being, being pulled out and, and highlighting issues and little wrinkles and little blemishes that the sport has that historically we've been able to sweep under the rug, you know. Like this is a sport that you know historically been, you know, it has brought some criminal element and some very unsavory characters. So we are talking about a 20, twenty first century media now where everything is being examined and being held up and is being scrutinized because now, you know, you have so many different sponsors and so many different uh economic factors governing sports now that it's very important that transparency is key when you use the word transparency in boxing, they don't go together, you know? So, um, with, with the lead up to the fight, we started seeing a lot of, uh, the history of, of, of both fighters being brought to the forefront. One, and you saw Floyd's, uh, history being, being paraded across all all, all different media outlets. Uh, Manny's record as a politician was was put out there. It's his, his Conversion to the Christian faith was was being amplified and, and magnified, and a lot of things that had nothing to do with the sport um, became front and center. So that's one thing that I know we're gonna. We, I want to talk about the other thing is now that you know the the outcome of this fight was was a bit underwhelming, a bit to to the standards of what everybody was hoping the fight would live up to, and. What happened now, you know, move, moving forward? The hype, it generated so much hype, and you you have the two main fighters possibly walking away from the sport, maybe after this fight or maybe after the next fight. So now it's more imperative than ever for promoters to start developing the new crop of stars to build, you know, build around and, and use some of this momentum now to actually propel the sport. This is kind of like when Jordan retired and Magic retired and Bird retired. You know, like, we never thought that the NBA was going to survive. But, yeah, you got Kobe, you had LeBron, and you had Wayne Wade, and you had Tim Duncan, and you had all these other young superstars that, you know, took the torch and and kept them, you know, kept them moving. So is this that era for boxing? Is this that crucial point for boxing right now where we say, okay, we thank these guys that brought the the, the sport to the forefront, and this is something that can be used to build from, or does this regress the sport now? because it brought a lot of the blemishes <clears throat> that have been hidden so carefully over the years. You know, all the, all the, the dealings and the willings from a lot of the promoters and all of the animosity has been, has been guarded. Now everything is in the forefront. So moving forward, you know, can you guys elaborate a little bit on was this a great fight for boxing? Is this something that moving forward is, is, harming, is, is harming the sport, and, and where do you see the sport going?
0: I think I would like to go first on this. Okay. First of all, I feel bad for both Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. I think Floyd Mayweather definitely at the pinnacle of his career, I don't think that victory that he got on Saturday, he wasn't appreciated like he should have been appreciated. And I think because of all of the stuff that came with the stuff outside of the ring Compared with what people expected to see in the fight, I think he was blamed a lot for that. And, you know, to to come through um, 48 victories undefeated, um, to be booed like that, I just think that was just I just think that was poor taste, in my opinion. I don't think it should have been handled like that. Um, For Manny Pacquiao to have, you know, to be in a um, champion of eight divisions, and to really have such an exciting, explosive career to end his career with with that type of fight, which probably probably the worst I've ever seen Manny fight. Uh, I think is extremely disappointing. So, as far as the fighters are concerned, I just think they both lost, in my opinion. Um, and I and I think we I think the sport of boxing to me loss because I think this particular fight attracted so much anticipation and hope for the sport that it would take the sport to the next level. And I think um, with all of the coverage and everything afterwards, I think this what, what it was really boiled down to with this particular fight was, was like a good versus evil. It was like a caricature of a real fight. It wasn't that people were looking at this fight for what it was. It was a boxing match. I think they were looking for it to be some sort of spectacle and some sort of uh, some sort of uh, grandiose uh, 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 performance on both part. And, it, and what? And what? And, and you look at it. Floyd did an excellent job. He boxed excellent, but you don't really hear people saying it. People, you what you hear people saying. It. It was a bad fight. It wasn't what I expected. What they expected was Manny Pacquiao to come in, rumble and tumble and fight. Maybe you know, smack Floyd around or get smacked around, and it would be more of an exciting fight. And for a lot of you guys who really appreciate the science side of it, it was a good. It was you know, it was a good fight from the perspective to see Floyd and and the way Floyd broke it down with and how he was setting traps and how he did certain things and how he, he even noticed that Manny was doing it. A lot of people really missed that story. That story really went past them. And I think uh, I think fundamentally, I think it's going to hurt the sport. I don't think you'll ever see a 40, $450 million fight again, or at least for, like, another 20 or 30 years. I just don't think you're going to see that type of fight in boxing again because I don't think the mechanics of what people understand as boxing and and how it goes into, you know, what does boxing mean to certain people? I think by, I, I would say the general public from this weekend just gave a whole casual side of things, and people came from a casual perspective. I think the media covered it from a casual perspective, and even some of the boxing analysts covered it, covered it from a casual perspective. And I think those type of fights where people get knocked out, people are getting beat up, people get knocked down multiple times to get back up and win the fight, that's the kind of that's where people that's what people are looking to define boxing as. And unfortunately sure, yeah. yeah, go ahead. And unfortunately, uh I don't see a guy like and, 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 you know and you you see floyd was a he was a he was a very smart guy that he didn't have a particular style that everybody or all the casuals could appreciate, but some of his personality and some of his you know aggrandizement and all those different things sort of made him more out to be a character that made people want to pay him to see him lose or whatever and um and that's what that and that's where his fortune came from. But I, I just, I just, I really, I'm worried about the sport. I don't see paper who who can justify a pay per view event now. And I know that a lot of us agree that boxing shouldn't be on pay per view. But if it, you know, if it doesn't attract the type of capital like a Floyd Mayweather, if it's not another Floyd Mayweather, how is it going to attract some of the great fighters who are athletic kids who are coming up? Who probably could be another Floyd Mayweather, but say, you know what? I'm not going to go into boxing because it's not going to be any money. It's going to be it's going to be too much risk for too little reward. Uh, or I got to come in here and I got to be some sort of super villain for people to pay me. And they can go into they can go into football, they can go into basketball, they can go into these other sports where they can get lucrative deals. And just I just don't see the upside for boxing right now, to be honest. Well, That's my you, 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 you
2: made a valid point, too. I think when you said that, that whole, you know, get off the mat five times and keep fighting and slugging style is what is what seems to be the allure. And, and I think about the Corrales-Castillo one fight, you know, if something like that would have been on, on network TV back 10 years ago when it occurred, that would have probably turned a lot of people into boxing. But another, I think a lot of it, too, is, is, is lack of information, is lack of knowledge in the, uh, about the sport. So I think uh, right now we we live in such a instant gratification culture right now, where everything is about a dunk, everything is about a crossover in sport, everything is about the long home run, everything is about the long the, the touchdown, and not none, none of the cerebral aspects of the sports are celebrated anymore. I mean, if the Celtics and the Lakers were playing. From the 80s now, I think the NBA will probably be out of business. Yeah, if some of if some of these ground grounded out get two three yards per carry teams from the from the 60s and 70s were playing or Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Steelers with the steel curtain were playing football probably will be boring as well. But you know, I think right now the culture we live in, people need to be educated as to what fundamentals are. And when you talk about boxing, I think. People don't don't like you know maybe it's the difference between the casual fan and the purist that understands that a jab, a precise jab, is something that is valued and is looked upon as artistic in boxing, and somehow you know that uh, that that thinking, isn't, hasn't really penetrated the casuals yet. So. And, and, and there's, a, there's a lot, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I don't know who's gonna, who's gonna be able to take that baton and and, and help the public understand it. But I think um, R.O.D. You had some some points you wanted to add onto this topic as well earlier. You yeah, want to talk I know. Uh,
5: yeah, I just uh, is sleep on the phone? Yeah, I'm on the phone. All right, because sleep, I know sleep would appreciate this. I was thinking about this all day, and I was thinking about one of my favorite albums. uh... Of, of all time if I had to be stranded on an island which would be that second Trial Call Quest album and I remember in excursions what's the line I'm about to say well Simple Daddy don't you know that things move in cycles, so in
2: cycles the way right. Bobby Brown just amping like Michael. Michael
5: exactly so uh, it was like Q- <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the times and that was Q-Tip explaining to his dad the trends of music and I think a lot of the times, you know, I'll never forget when I look back at um when Sugar and Leonard for Marvin Hagler, you know, I was just like, Dag, this is like it you know, and I was younger at that point. I was in like fourth or fifth grade and I was like, This is it. You know, there's nothing else to look forward to and you know, you just saw other people being brought up on the network. Um and I and I do believe that there are other talents out here. It's just that this fight has been pumped up for so long that we haven't paid attention to those other talents. You know, even when you look at, no offense, but even when you look at the undercard of that Floyd Mayweather fight, I really believe that a fight of that magnitude should have uh, warranted it like some bigger names on the undercard to kind of say, hey, this is the, the next uh, crop of talent that's coming up to give them you know, uh some some look or give the uh, mainstream public some look in terms of saying, hey, boxing is gonna be in some good hands. Um not saying that those other those two the undercar wasn't deserving, but, you know, I felt like a, a car that magnitude would have would've helped show that boxing was in some good hands. It well, wasn't. Well, well, I'm sorry.
2: No, I'm saying I'm just co signing. It wasn't. I right, was to
5: right. say the
2: exact same thing. It wasn't.
5: Yeah, so, so for me, I do believe in that whole trends, you know, that whole trends thing. I do believe that, you know, you see it come back around again. You know, when 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 Mike Tyson lost and his Buster Douglas, I, you know, that was another point in time. I'm like, okay, well, what happens now? You know, when he went to jail, it was like, okay, well, what happens now, you know? So I, I do believe that there's always something out here. Now, to, to Big Mike's point, you know, will there be, you know, I think that, that pay-per-view let a lot of the casual fans down, so I don't think there'll be another fight anytime soon of that magnitude. But I do believe because that uh, fights are coming back on uh, national TV, you know, we'll, there'll be more fighters having names in people's living rooms more frequently than they did in the past. Um, so I think the state of boxing is in good hands. You know, as long as is, you know, as long as we have the outlets, you know, such as the mainstream TV, you know, with what, what Al Heyman is doing, and you know those, and you know the corruption is is taken out of it, and people can kind of work together. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be fine. You know, the the one thing I'm gonna say is is that uh, in the past we never had, you know, at least in my years we never had a desolate heavyweight division, and I think that you know hopefully that's starting to to come back as well. You know, I know what Big Mike was saying; most of those athletes at the at the higher levels. Um, or the heaviest levels are playing different sports, you know, but, you know, we have some life with the, with the bronze bombers and the Jennings and, you know, the the characters like the Tyson Furies, man, and, you know, what's going on champ, you know, that they're providing some, you know, providing some, uh, you know, entertainment and bringing life back in the heavyweight division. The heavyweight division, remember, was a marquee division at one point in time. So hopefully, you know, it was never a welterweight division, so hopefully it'll bring it back. Um... So I think boxing is in good hands. But the one thing I do want to say, and I'll you know finish off with this note. When I was at work today, you know, a casual fan approached me, and he said, "Wow, did you watch you know watch the Mayweather fight?" And I said, "Yeah," and he said, "You know, it really wasn't a good fight." And I said, "You know, it's typical." He said, "However, I can see why Mayweather is so good. Why people say he's so good? Because I am a boxing fan, and I wanted my mm-hmm. friends." to, you know, appreciate boxing. So if you're looking at it to teach someone a sport, you know, it was probably a good fight to watch because you see how brilliant boxing really is. He said, but if you want an action, like everybody saw these clips on Pacquiao and stuff like that, then it wasn't a good fight. And he said that it's almost like, you know, he compared it to going to like a sport event he doesn't like. If he goes to like a, a field hockey game, you know, someone invites into a field hockey game. He said, "You kind of know what you're expecting. You know, you kind of know what it is. You know, you know what it's hitting for. You know, you know that you know you're unfamiliar with what's going on. You know, if you're looking for a whole bunch of action, or maybe it's a cards match, whatever it may be. You know, you're not really into it. You're you're, you're touch and go with it. You kind of know what you're expecting, so that's what you go in there and that's what you get. Unfortunately for the for these fans, I think that they wanted, you know, blood, guts, and you know, like." action like some some Roman soldiers fighting. But unfortunately, when you look at the Carfax and you look at Floyd's, you know, record, here's a guy that really isn't a knockout dude. So they got the typical Floyd, the smart Floyd Mayweather, you know, and he just made Manny Pacquiao. He's so good he made Manny Pacquiao fight his fight. So I I don't – it's a shame because, like Mike said, you know, he is a prisoner of – you know, his own self, you know, when it comes to being a, a good and, you know, the, 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 the villain outside the ring. So, you know, everybody tunes in to see him lose. But, you know, when you press that pay for $100 or ninety nine ninety nine, um, you kind of knew what you were getting. You kind of knew what you were getting. So, you know, I always say, you know, I'm happy for the mainstream public that they tuned in. But shame on the buyers that they really thought that Floyd was going to come in, even if he could have not stopped Manny Pacquiao, but he was going to just come in and knock Manny Pacquiao out. His last knockout was a cheap shot against Victor Ortiz. So I didn't expect him to go in there and clip Manny Pacquiao. So, you know, it's just it's just a shame. I just feel like we need to really educate a lot of fans on what this sport was really about. It was a stick-and-move type of situation. You know, uh, it was a situation where people were – hit and not get hit and and I think that you know was tainted by uh the Mike Tysons of the world you know um you know seeker or destroy or you get destroyed you know that's not really boxing I mean it may be somebody's style but typically that's not really what boxing was found on so can I um can I just say
2: something no, be... Yeah, you got it okay um uh, another great hip-hop artist, he didn't actually say this on the record, but he was saying this when they was getting, you know, letters sent to the house by, you know, the FBI, and he's getting in trouble for, I guess, domestic abuse. His famous line, you know, all publicity is good publicity. That was uh, Dr. Dre. I think in this case, now, this event, I think, at the end, it's a win for the sport. I think, like, Ride or Die alluded to and what I was going to say, the, uh, the event wasn't great. Like the lead-in, the size of the whole build-up, the size of the coverage, the size of the spectacle of, of Las Vegas was unprecedented. The, the purse, but the event was not a good event. If you look at it like the build-up for this Beyonce show, and then the opening acts are local artists. And, like, there's there, – it wasn't a good event. When you when you just look at it for the nuts and bolts of the event, Teddy Atlas said it was like a hedge fund convention in there, the type of – the demographic as far as the crowd. He said that event was not for the people. It was for the entitled. So, first of all, you're setting the tone there with, you know, the people you're performing for. The second aspect of it, it just didn't have a lot of bells and whistles for the event. Like, it was – you know, you had people talking in the lead-in, but – you just would expect more. Even Jamie Foxx singing the National Anthem, you know, the undercards. You had two undercards, which I, I expected to be just a smorgasbord of phenomenal fighters that night. You're talking about the whole world is watching. The biggest stage ever created for a boxing match. And you got two undercards with lunch pail guys. there fighting. You know, even the guys who uh, who start on the undercards are up-and-coming fighters. They're not even, like, mid-course fighters. So, you know, that would have been the perfect stage to showcase um, some more prominent fighters who are right on the cusp. And, you know, I think they got it wrong with the scheduling of
1: some of these other,
2: you know, some of Al Heyman's fighters fought on his cards. You know, they should have saved them for the main course. It would have been this and, and allow casual people to get to know these fighters, you know, to, to, to see a Thurman on a stage like this, you know, to see to see some of these up-and-coming, compelling guys. So I think they dropped the ball with the event. The event wasn't good. The fight is the fight. You know, Floyd turns it into a Floyd fight. You know, um, there will be – I don't know if there will be another Floyd. This fight was so huge because of Floyd's personality and um, how Floyd is able to – push the needle, and how he's able to make people hate him. And these type of people, personalities don't come around long. Fighters come around long, but someone who crosses over into mainstream media and just becomes the topic of discussion, you know, that doesn't happen often. Superstars outside of the ring, so, you know, like the Allen Iversons. This is not something you know, and everybody, you look at all these new athletes and, and things like that, they try to recreate you know, before everybody was trying to act like Jordan, then everybody was trying to act like Allen Iverson. You know, Jordan was Jordan, Allen Iverson was Allen Iverson. These people have to come. We all thought boxing was dead after Oscar. You know, then we was, you know, we were blessed with some new crop. One forty-seven is loaded. One forty is loaded. Heavyweight division is having some interest. One sixty got some pieces in there, especially if war drops down. I think boxing's in a great place. Like people are going to piss and, and moan about this event for probably about. Another day, because, you know, we're living in 2015. This is not even going to last a week, you know. Then everybody's going to go back to not really paying attention about boxing. But I think we may have pulled a couple of people on the, on, the, on the dark side. Where they dropped the ball at was providing the right show. I don't think that was a good show, period. Like, from, from top to bottom, the build up was just incredible, but I just don't think it was a great show, and I think that's where they dropped the balls. No way Santa Cruz should have been a co-main event. No way. As much as I like no Micheco. no way. No way he should have been on that car. No way. There's people who have been fighting for the past five years. You know, six, seven years who deserve to be on that car to make this. Uh, it should have been a four-fight lead. And I know you had the problem with the Spurs and all that. Like, that, the, the show should have started, like, 6 o'clock. 7 o'clock, we should have had a smorgasbord of undercards. It should have been air, and it should have been quality opponents. And that, I think, would have really helped push the needle. And even if you would had a a dominant performance from Floyd, you would have still got to see, hopefully, on the undercards, some technicians, some sluggers, and then it it would have helped the common fan put it together. Oh, damn, this technician beat this puncher on the undercard who's up and coming. Well, then that boxer destroyed. You know what I'm saying? It would it would have helped clear the picture up. So that's just my thing. I think they dropped the ball, but I think um, it's a, it's a win for boxing at the end of the day because it, it just pushed it. You know, it made it the event. And um, you know, I think boxing has a lot of you know up and coming guys where you know hopefully we'll have some. It won't be this big, but we'll have some um, good fights in the future. So, so, so let me dovetail from where you're at because you made a you made a valid point. Like right now, the momentum is momentum is there. And right. now it's, it's imperative that the promoters who who actually control the the stables of the new stars or the future stars in boxing take the mantle and run with it and start really branding these these acts that can go out on tour. You know what I'm saying? So right. I want you. I want you guys. Uh, I, I still got we took up Roberto. We got Corey to chime in if they're still on the call and and, and address. You know some of their concerns or some of the things they see that if there are any concerns or some of the things they feel like may be a good, good thing uh, moving forward from the outcome of this last Saturday's fight. And I mean, everybody... I,
1: think, I, mean yeah, I I mean, at least for me, I mean, I know, I know y'all had the non-casual party, but like I was in like a complete opposite arena. So at least for me, you know, I had got to experience, you know, the major disconnect between casual fans and, like, well how we watch boxing, you know, and that, it, it's not something that's really an overnight thing, you know, and I think it does tie into the fact that boxing isn't as, you know, in your face, at least, well, you know, in the last several years before, you know, these P V C days started coming in, but I think in general, you know... I, I think at this point now man that the best scenario is the fact that Floyd and Manny are are leaving the sport because I think what it does like just in previous generations cuz we got to remember people have been saying boxing's going to be you know boxing is going to die since Ali retired and then Ray Leonard came in Tyson came in and then Oscar after that and so forth and so forth the sport all is always somehow some way producing fighters and stars. And like what we were alluding to as the lead up to the fight was going, I mean, who would have thought 10 years ago that Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao would be like a $400 million fight. I mean, it's just, it's things like that, that in a way always keep, it always keeps boxing afloat because it is, it's still a sport that for one night it could generate the buzz. Cause look, let's not forget, man, that it, it, granted, the, the the Oscar and Floyd fight wasn't obviously as big as this fight was, but I, I know you guys remember after the fight, because remember, they tagged that fight as the fight to save boxing. Uh, and the, the the weeks passing it, they're like, oh, boxing's dead, but this, that, and the third. And then, you know, two, three years later, the sport just continues to thrive. And, you know, Floyd and Manny create their, you know, their little saga as far as, you know, the lead up to their inevitable fight. But, I don't think the sport – the sport will be fine, and I think it's going to get better, really, when they both leave because then at that point it gets interesting as to who really is going to be at the helm as the next guy because I don't think there's going to be one heir apparent because at at this point there's really no guy that's going to really, like, hold that torch. But I think we're going to see just – I mean, based what's out there, I mean, we're going to see good fights and some pay-per-view fights, and maybe they're not going to do millions of pay-per-views and what have you, but um, I think at this point, man, it's just going to push the envelope for if you look at all the promoters now to to really just like (laughs) create the fights that we want to see without the two, you know, big money makers, you know, in the sport. It's really just in a sense a free for all. So it could get interesting, man. I mean, I think it's it's kind of a shake that we need because, you know, it would, it's, it's kinda, it would be kind of crazy in a way, you know, we haven't thought about it, uh, of Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, like, not in the sport anymore. And, you know, just seeing how everything turns out, especially at 140 and 147 because those two divisions right now, between the talent that's there in the next two to three, four years, I mean, there's crazy fights that could happen there. So – uh the 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 general public will they'll always be there man i mean they're 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 very fickle but they they're always down for a product that can be promoted very well and they they always come back that's always like the tagline they they always come back so i I think boxing will be fine man Just
4: to Corey, kind you of, uh, i'm gonna jump on that real quick. We are living in the world star hip hop vine instagram. Love hip hop, Housewives of Atlanta generation.
2: What do all those, all those types of shows have in common?
4: Uh, have in common is drama. Um, the Floyd Mayweather Pacquiao fight didn't produce the drama that this particular generation is used to, so of course they're going to be disappointed, thoroughly disappointed. But the thing is, the flip side of that is that their attention span is real short. So, although, and I think this alludes back to something that sleep said, within a day or two, this won't even be talked about anymore because something else going on in in quote unquote pop culture is going to divert their attention. So, it's real easy to grab their attention with something else. We still got the Broners of the world who is a part of this generation, and even though he does have some flaws as a as a fighter, we he does have the personality and and he knows exactly what this particular generation wants to to uh gravitate towards. I think boxing is in a good place right now. Um at the end of the day, good, um no matter what type of publicity it is, it's good publicity. People are talking about boxing. Uh I I I saw a, 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 a PSCNG and and for those who are listening from other other parts of the country, that's basically our electric company here in South Jersey, Um, there was a PSE&G guy who had the main sports radio station playing, and they were talking about Pacquiao and uh, Mayweather. This is a sports radio station that never talks about boxing, but they were talking about it today. So given the fact that people who usually don't ever talk about boxing are talking about boxing. Even though it might have been a letdown in some of the the casual fans' uh, point of view, the fact of the matter is they're still talking about it, and they'll move on to something else, and it's easy to sell them on the next big thing. So I think we're in a good place. Cool. Um, I think this is is something that we still
2: need to uh, keep talking about as as we – as we move forward, and, and like I said, there's a lot of great fights. And when you look in contrast and compare, uh, let's say the NBA, for instance, like if, if, if some of these guys didn't make way for the next generation, you would have had the Steph Currys and the and the James Harden and the, and the Russell Westbrooks and the Kevin Durant and all of the other young guys and Anthony Davidson. Like at some point you have to understand that somebody's time will come and you have to do your due diligence and develop the next crop of stars that will carry your lead. And I think that's something for boxing that it hasn't been entirely part of the business model. And and you know either you, you 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 have a guy you bring them along too slowly or you have a guy and bring them along too quick. But even so, you're not really necessarily creating value for them by you know. Playing the way they've been playing, you know, when you put you put on these cards that are only favorable to your own, you know, bottom line instead of really looking at the betterment of the sport. That's easier said than done because I think self-preservation is is, is what takes precedent in boxing. Everybody wants to make as much money as they can because they're taking a lot of they're taking a lot of punishment in the ring. So I get that, but at some point, I think what's going to really help. The sport a lot better is if it comes up with a better system of transparency. Will that be with uh, the advent of a commission to oversee boxing and a lot of rules and a lot of you know the the particulars that are relegated to the local state athletic athletic commissions who may not be doing uh, a great job because the story just broke. I just read it on Huffington Post and R D just sent me this that Manny Pacquiao is going to be fine by the Nevada State State Athletic Commission for failing to disclose the injury prior to the fight. So now he's being fined for not uh, coming clean and trying to, you know, say right before the fight that he was injured when apparently he disclosed it to the the USADA, the United States States Anti-Doping Association. So now you have all this crazy chaos and, no transparency whatsoever, and when this story breaks and becomes what it can become in the next few days, then you're going to have another black eye on the sport. So I feel like the people who are in charge of the sports have to do, have, have to do a better job of making sure that there, there is some unified rule and law that's being followed because aside from the fights that are being made, the behind-the-scenes, the structure is not really promoting confidence the people who are still going to be responsible for paying out for these pay-per-views in the future, and I think boxing has a lot, a long way to go to clean itself, and it may be, it may not be fully cleansed until some older people who have been in the sport for ages are fully gone from the sport, you know, and and that's something that that may nobody may be addressing right now, but it's something that, that really is really relevant and, and is a real serious issue, so. This is this is a, an interesting topic. We can keep talking about this all night. And I'm I, I'm thankful to you guys for taking taking your time
4: to come on here
2: and give your give your uh, opinion on on what happened last Saturday. Give you a breakdown. Give us your take. Uh, give gave you a prediction on the upcoming Canelo Alvarez James Kirkland fight. I think uh, I'm still I still love the sport. You know I, I I feel like we're in a great place. So long as they do the right thing in the sport. So, um, I don't know if you guys have anything else you may want to add before we close it out. I don't
0: know. If I, I do, I want, I, I want to add something. Uh, I think Sleep talked about the production value of uh, the fight was was terrible, and I agree with Sleep. It was almost as if back in the day where you had those huge concerts and you would go there and they would have that cheap soda and 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 con you know and, and different refreshments and stuff like that. just kinda of remind me of just it was just like a money grab, man. Everybody was just trying to grab money and just be out and pack it up. And I don't think um that the fans as you could say the undercards were stacked with people in lackluster fights and it was just a whole night like that. And uh I think um, yo know, I know you guys make parallels to boxing and football and and basketball, but those those are more um those are more transparent organizations that have a lot of structure and uh and they're and they're successful because of it and I think the thing with boxing is is that you have these type of promoters who who go out and uh and who really put the business ad for the actual sports side, and it suffers and it shows up in, in events like this weekend, if that mm-hmm. persists, I'm not saying that boxing is dead. I'm never saying it. I'm just saying that it has headwinds. Mm-hmm. And the headwinds are those people who put more of the financial interests and more of the business interest before what the fans want and what the fans mm-hmm. want to be. And uh, a lot of this cost cross promotion issues that are um you know, the situation with Kovalev and uh and uh, Donna Stevenson, I mean, you know, that that's a fight that should happen. There's no reason why that fight shouldn't happen. And these are the kinds of things that frustrate um fight fans. It does. And and, and and this is what makes it um difficult for a sport like this to have all this type of um this weight put on them, and, uh, and and like everybody was saying, yeah, boxing is always going to survive. You always got young people coming up, but until we deal with like like Doc said, the transparency issues, um, the governing issues, and uh, and and really putting the fans first, boxing is going to continue to have headwinds. And uh, and if we if we have headwinds, um, then you're going to lose fans. And I like what's going on on Saturday afternoons, but respectfully um that you know that's that's we need more we we need more we need more we need cross promotions we need more coming together and and, and bringing these fighters there's certain fighters that you'll never see fighting other fighters because of the promotional affiliations and, and you,
2: you know you know you know what's crazy uh, about
0: you know what's crazy about this fight. I
2: mean the biggest fight in the history of boxing was made by a non boxing guy. You know, Les Moonves over CVS corralled the party several times and set them together and forced them to air you know, air out their grievances and iron out their differences. And really it all came down to something that was kinda of predicated on the economics and it was it took a business who we'll understands full transparency and full disclosure and got these parties to come together. And to me, that's something that if we had an existing governing body, we had some kind of arbitration-centered type of uh, governance where parties can go air out their, their grievances and have an independent arbitrator rule, I think we will have better First bids right now. You know, you will have better fights being made. You will you will have the fighters that support, are supposed to be fighting each other, fighting each other as opposed to, you know, you have having one guy say, oh, this, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, what's the guy, Kid Chocolate, who had a horrible show on, on one of the PBC cards. You know, he, he doesn't fight the guy he was supposed to be fighting. And look what happens. You know, so... Now he's got to fight uh, Andy Lee now, and and now he doesn't have the belt. And it's just all this crazy stuff where when you get into the whole particulars of how the business structure is set up, there's not one unified uh, set of bylaws for everybody to, you know, set their whole – Nobody abides by one one unified set of rules, and I think that's what what bugs out a lot of the fans. So, um, you guys, uh, can we? You guys still have anything else to add before we wrap up? I don't know if you guys read up on this, but apparently Pacquiao was getting surgery and he was going to be out for a year. So, so, no. so we hear. I just, I just read that. yeah no. So it, it, it apparently it is a real injury and. He did tear his, his rotator cuff, right? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, yeah. Thanks sure, for the. Truth that's, being and now he's The argument is going to be that fight should have been postponed until he was healed.
5: But you know what's crazy? What's crazy is th- this is the only thing. This is right. That is the only thing that I, I'm disappointed about. Um, <clears throat> you know, Tyson pulled out of a big fight before. Would have the Holyfield was postponed. It'd have been nothing wrong with me postponing that fight. The Rumble in everything. the
2: Jungle, like I told you the other day, the Rumble in the Jungle was postponed.
5: Right. It was because you George know.
2: George Farmer got hurt and, and in sparring.
5: Right. So my point is, is that you know, and and for this to go to get to this point where, like you know, you're you know, where it was a fight of this magnitude, and we talked about the things that happened, you know it, it would have it been who of him to say, hey, you know what, let me wait till I'm 100%. Because now in the rematch, no one is going to pay for that. And then when you look at all the clips that Freddie was sending with them sparring the week before, you know, it just looked like there was nothing wrong with his shoulder. So now when, when they ask him about, you know, hey, do you, um, you know, is there any injuries or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, he, he checks No. And then before the fight, he's asking for a shot in his shoulder. And they're like, well, what's this? Like, you know, we don't know what you're putting into you. You can't just, you know, get this shot out of, you know, just out of the blue. You know, you didn't mention anything about this. And it's just a shame because, again, you know, while Manny Pacquiao is, is crying foul, you know, I think it's his, you know, his fault. You know, because all he had to do, there would have been nothing wrong with him saying, I have a shoulder injury because everybody wants the best Manny Pacquiao. You know, and, and it's unfortunate that, that that happened because again, I don't know if it was trying if he was trying to like, you know, kinda like save face, you know, not to give the camp Foys Camp like any inkling that he was he was injured, but it's a shame because again when we talk about fans suffering, you know, here's another situation where even Bob, you know, he cries fouls about the hotel but you know he could have easily had just said, "Hey, you know what? I want to make sure I get the best for my fighter." And it just seems like those guys were just just cheapens the deal, man. I'm not going to say anything bad, but it just cheapens the deal. And it's a shame, man, to the Manny Pacquiao fans that this this happened like this. And I know Floyd has his own hand issues. He's fought in, he's fought with one hand before, and I haven't had a shoulder injury. You know they're very difficult, man. They're they're very difficult. They're very painful. You know, people used to tease me when you watch Lethal Weapon when Danny Glover used to run into the wall um, to fix to kind of put his shoulder in place. I mean, those shoulder injuries are, are painful, man. And it's a shame, man, because you know I don't know if the, the outcome would have been any different, but you know, at least you know we wouldn't have he wouldn't have had this uh, situation that he's in now. And it's just a shame, and even not even be a not even be a forthright about it. You know, Problem- it's just a shame.
0: Tom, I, I would say this too because I I used to have two bad shoulders like uh, probably all through the '90s. You know what I'm saying? Like almost a a decade. So, I mean,
2: if he has a you know, if he has a true tear, that's something. But there's a lot of people who function,
4: you know, um, with strains and small tears and they rotate a rotator cuff. So,
2: I mean, I you know, when there's this much money on the table, and I, I I would hate to even say that. Like you know, what I mean, for them to to, like maybe he could have probably been got to say who knows, and you know this is just a. I don't want to say that, but this is a strategic way to, to get to garner some interest that there could possibly be a, a value, reason for a rematch. But anyway, it comes off, you know, distasteful. Like Roddy said, it's like you know, I'm quite sure we'll get into it. That I guarantee you that Mayweather's hands is probably the average person couldn't even fight with. It. With the, with the condition of his hands that, that they're in. And um, you listen to any any NBA player in the playoffs, they're like, we all injured. Everybody's injured, you know, when somebody brings it up. You know, like, we're all playing injured this time of year. So, you know, um, I'm just going to leave it on that note. I mean, I was like, you know, if he has a true tear and stuff, you know, hope he gets that taken care of. But the whole manner of the way it's brought about and all this stuff, you know, just... You know, it's just they I don't I don't think they took
0: the high road in that regard. I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the fight either. Well I, I mean I don't know if y'all covered the fight. I mean I missed that part, but the the fight party that I went to to my chagrin, I wanted to be with my GYGB uh brother, but uh, my wife was insisting on other women accompany the, uh, <laughs> the fight situation. So mine too. <laughs> I had to deal with a whole uh, room of casual fans, which was um, excruciating. Um, But when I first saw the first round, I knew the fight was over. I said, you know what, the fight is over. If Manny going to fight him like that, the fight is done. Because, uh, you know, to to even make it even just remotely compelling, I mean, mean, you would have to fight him like Cotto for Mayweather. You would have to fight him like Chino the first fight or uh, or Zab Judah, when I first saw that first round, and he just stood in front of Floyd, I was like, the fight is over. It's just, I don't know why Freddie's fighting him like that. And uh, that's not even how Manny Pacquiao fights. So, to me, I just thought it was uncharacteristic of him. Um, is it Floyd just being that good uh, relative Manny Pacquiao in his style? Maybe. But I, the, from the first round, um, I don't know why the people – feel like they have to fight Floyd that way. I, I just don't, it's like, it's just stupid to me. And uh, it was just like Chino in the second fight. The first fight, he was successful. He was very uh, disruptive. He was coming forward. He crowd him. The second fight, he's going to stand right in front of him. Who wants to stand right in front of Floyd Mayweather? I mean, it's just dumb to me. So I don't think it was, I don't even know what was going on. It just didn't seem, the whole thing, the whole night seemed surreal to me and uh and i real i feel really bad for the fight fans who who feel like they didn't really get to see what they what they were hoping to see and uh but you know um I, you know i guess it's just uh, of i don't know um if if the issue was a the shoulder then of course I think you know uh I would like to see it again i don't i don't you know I don't know if that's the issue but um um I just, I just feel like it was just a huge, a huge uh, disappointment and letdown, um, just based on what people were anticipating, and uh, and based on what we normally see, we just didn't see. it. Well, I guess
2: we're gonna have to a- keep watching.
4: Uh, somebody wanted to ask something else, right there. Who was? Uh, I just wanted to ask Big Mike, who do you put the onus on, on on this, on the way that this fight turned out? Um, I would
0: say I would, I would definitely have to say Freddie Roach. When I, when I first saw the first round and Manny was flat-footed and just standing in front of the floor, I was like, what the heck are they doing? And I thought I, I just didn't get it. Um, I, I would say whatever his counsel was, or whoever put him in that type of fight plan, I just think that was just – That was, was a
4: jab, Mike. It jab, was, jab. Well, I'm talking about on.
0: before he even was started to even really. Play, I mean, yeah, the jab came seconds later, but just as when he first came out, when they touched gloves and he came out, uh, I was like, "What are they doing? What, are, what is he doing?" And I thought it was some sort of like trick or something. I just didn't get it. And then, of I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, Floyd is gonna he's gonna land the jab if man is gonna stand right there in front of him. And and, and and try to trade with him. I mean, it was just, it was just stupid. Uh, you know, that's not how that guy fights. And so, you know, we were all making predictions, um, Coltrane. Um, I don't know about you, Corey. We were all making predictions ba- based on how Manny Pacquiao fought in the past. I just did not see that type of fight.
4: Back. Exactly.
0: And, uh, exactly. and, and I, it was just ill-conceived and ill-advised. Why would you sit there, watch the fight again, and watch the first three seconds of the fight. How Manny comes out and he stands right in front of Floyd. You know, like he's just going to trade with him. I, he did a lot it was, with Canelo. It was just stupid. It was yeah. He did exactly like what Canelo was going to do. Like and and, and that's that's the that's the worst type of fight. The fight of Floyd Mayweather and uh, you know Manny started to pick it up again in the fourth. I think it was the third and fourth round, but it was just. It was just like, come on! I mean, you want to fight this guy like this? I mean, just pack it up. And uh, so I don't know if that had to do with his shoulder. I don't know what I what I do know. It wasn't the fight that everybody was expecting. That's probably what a lot of people were more disappointed about. It was just a, it was just a, it was just a bad night. And, and 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 only person that really showed up with their who who was supposed to show up was Floyd Mayweather. He showed up and he did his thing. And I just don't understand why they booed him at the end. That part made me angry. I mean, he did what he had to do. Nobody else did. What, you know, nobody else did what they were supposed to do. It was a crappy production. It was a crappy event. They had a crappy undercard. Um, um, Manny fought a crappy style, and then Floyd gets booed. That's the part I, I, I just didn't get. I'm like, why are they booing him? I mean, dude did what he was supposed to do, and uh, um, so. Uh, if if there's if there's a subtext to this particular fight and if there's you know if there's if there's a way to to get this fight to a a, a rematch where it's supposed to be I'm all for it but uh, you know really if it's going to be the same thing I don't really want to see that it's like I was just like, so disappointed with Chino the second fight he did exactly the same thing you can't sit and trade with this dude i mean throw something, kick him, punch something, I mean, crowd the guy. You can't, the first fight he was successful, You can and the second fight was a totally different fight. Why do these people think they can fight him like that? I just don't get it. But, you know, that's just me. Well, now that note
2: is the perfect segue to um, begin to wrap up the show. Um, just to remind everybody, you're listening to of Grill Boxing on TalkShoe.com. Um, make sure you're following us on our, all of our social media pages. Like I said earlier, we're on Instagram under Guard Grill Boxing. We're also on Twitter under Guard Grill Boxing, and we're on YouTube under Guard Grill Boxing, where you can shake out, check out some of our previous recap and prediction videos and all the other videos covering the nature of the sport. Just so you guys know, Guard Grill Boxing, we represent the true grid and nature of the ultimate boxing fan, as you heard during this past discussion is unfiltered, unbiased, raw, and uncut. And we, are, we aim to connect, you know, the fans all over the world to the sweet signs of boxing. And it's built for you, the ultimate boxing fan. We aim to inform you, educate, entertain, and provide a fraternity. You know, you're in four. So make sure that you let everybody know that it, 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 to tune in on Monday nights at 9.30 p.m. We go in, we talk about the sport, we talk about the fights, the state of the sport, everything. From the, for the cheap seats, like we always say. That's one of our mantras and one of our models. So um, we've, uh, we had a very spirited discussion. Tune in next, next week as we recap the James Kirkland, James Kirkland and Canelo Alvarez fight that's going to take place on this Saturday. And we're going to start um, also, uh, not, not sure if it's going to be on the next show, but one of the upcoming shows, we're going to go into the top 25 all-time mythical pound-for-pound list which we started last week, so we can kind of get some resolution as to what are some of these, the, the what is Floyd and Maddie's legacy moving forward, as we were discussing last week. Um, I don't think anybody else has anything else to add, and I want to I thank the fellows that came on tonight and elaborated and added to the discussion. And we'll see you guys next week. Guard your grill box and sign it off.